Greetings, and welcome to episode 29 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we talk about Pokemon Uranium, and I tell a really long bedtime story. It's not very effective. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's time once again for Game Corner. This time we're going a little bit off book. Yes, that's right, it's time for Bodie McSharkface, Pokemon Uranium. I'm Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey, Twizzlers? I'm, I'm loving my Twizzlers. Get these yeah. out of the way before we, uh, you know, get really going here in a minute. All right. What have you been playing recently, man? Jesus Christ. Sorry, I was drinking some water. I mean, damn. That's fine. That's Got to take care of the golden throat, you know? It's, it was, I thought that was me. No, that's, that's uh, Jack Black, actually, you know, but... Me, I've been playing a weird mobile game that came out recently that's actually based on a board game, which is kind of funny. Okay. Um, it's based on a miniatures game that I don't know if it's actually come out in the U.S. I think it might just be Japan only right now, but it's called uh, Pokemon Duel, and it's based on a Pokemon minifigures game. <laughs> so it's like this weird half board game. So it's like half strategy, half r- random bullshit. Cause like, so pretty much know, any Pokemon game. Yeah. Well, so you don't have dice. Like when you when a Pokemon a- attacks another Pokemon, like so when you're like trying to move into the square that's occupied by another Pokemon, you have to attack it. And these big wheels show up, and like each of your attacks has a certain percentage of the wheel, and you hit the button to stop it, like kind of roulette. And uh, okay. Certain there's still a rock paper scissors kind of thing. Certain attacks. Sure, certain sure. things certain dodges are more effective than others it's it's kind of weird like attacking the attacking part is just kind of meh but like the strategic moving around on this tiny little board trying to cover like spawn points and capture the goal because you win by like just landing on the other team's goal like huh. there's just there's just one square on the back line that's the goal and you could totally just outflank people and jump over them and do all kinds of crazy stuff and get the goal and if you're on their spawn point which is the two corners on their back line like Mm -hmm. they can't spawn a pokemon from that side so like most of the really early games you can just trash people by just moving really really fast pokemon onto their spawn points and then they're like stuck with one pokemon while you can get like all six of yours out (laughs) nice nice and then they're just screwed because they they have like one or two pokemon to defend with and if they can't beat you via rng to get you off of the corner nodes, they're screwed. And if they do beat you, like you can just move another Pokemon onto the node and they have to beat that guy then. So it's like you can just totally completely screw people over, which is kind of funny. But it's a fun little game. I like the strategy of it at the moment, the movement strategy, but who knows if I, who knows if I'll keep playing it. Yeah. I mean it's it was a lot like Pokemon Go for me. It was fun for the first week and then I was done. Yeah. This one has a lot more strategy than Pokemon Go. Sure. It's not, it actually sounds a lot like uh Fire Emblem, uh, pretty much any of the Fire Emblem games where you can prevent uh, various enemies from spawning if you 
drop into a certain location yeah. where you know they're going to be. Yeah, pretty much. So you been playing anything interesting lately? Uh, well, I'm pretty much inundated with Overwatch games. I've been trying to push myself into competitive and uh, been playing Final Fantasy 15 as my evening game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. When I sit down, lay in bed, and just do something relaxing, which uh, I'm in Chapter 5 at the moment, which is there's just one boss monster. I don't want to ruin too much, but it mm-hmm. is horrifyingly hideous. And it, it just it's a naga and that's all i'm gonna say about that which is just but it's not a general naga with you know where you have the tiny head on top of a snake body this thing's head is massive and it is horrifying to look at nice nice that's that's as far as i'm going to go with any sort of spoilers i'm not spoiling any sort of plot line it's just that is one of the boss monsters in the game i'm sorry if you are taking offense to that other than that it's just been a fun little mobile game as well called uh, dandy dungeon if you haven't oh, heard of that, yeah, you you were telling me about this the other day. Yeah. You just had to go check it out. So uh, tell, yeah, me some, yeah. tell me some more. Okay, so uh, in Dandy Dungeon, you're playing as a 36 year old programmer who just loses his job. Uh, so what happens is like, you know what? Because he ends up losing his job because he's making a, a game, and everything that you do as as you gain more levels. So let me rewind a little bit. While you're debugging his game you're gaining him levels and each level that he that the programmer gets he adds new features to the game so okay. as you clear more and more dungeons for him he also adds new features to the game like at at one point i'm stuck right now you have to you have to meet two requirements you have to hit level 15 and complete the uh the gross sewer i can't remember what the actual name is but that that's that's the whole thing and at that point i'm just stuck so what i'm doing is just completing earlier dungeons and just trying to get more more stuff so i can upgrade more things there is there's no paywall per se but as you gain more rice balls they're like your um thing to be able to continue playing you yeah. can continue playing without them, but it's it takes a little while longer. You have to wait for his energy to re- recoup, or they're basically like a phoenix down in the middle of a dungeon. If you your hero dies, you can give him a rice ball and he'll come back up. Or you can use them for another form of currency, and uh, basically uh, there's a few other guys that come up and knock on your apartment door, and you put them in the game too, and they can go on their own little dungeon adventure where you do nothing, you don't do anything hands-on, you just give them a rice ball and they go nuts for a little while. And they get you a bunch of items. It's a fun little game. It's basically like a, a maze RPG where you you draw out a perfect map of that little maze to from the start to the goal, and then your hero goes through and tries to hack his way through through that dungeon dungeon floor and basically kill everything in there. You got a slot of items at the bottom where you can bling or use a scroll of um, some sort of spell that just hurts all the enemies in the room, stuff like that. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that, that sounds interesting. It sounds like it kind of borrows some stuff from like kind of just the concept of DLC quest of like kind of where where it, as you play you unlock more stuff. Yeah, to which and kind of Evo Land too, I guess in a little weird way. Except Evo Land is more just like it just changes the genre of the game, which is kind of yeah. funny. But. Yeah, this one's just a, a weird labyrinthian RPG and. uh the advertisement, if you go into look at a poster on his wall, it says the world's first RPG and it's r.p.g and it's romance playing a romance uh, programming game because you end up trying to trying to 
he lusts after a person next door and he puts her in the game in order to woo her over by the end of the the game that you're playing you have to complete certain objectives inside of the game within the game <laughs> nice <laughs> it's it's so it's so strange but it's a fairly entertaining and there's really you don't have to spend a cent on it if you don't want to it's just kind of like a, a something you can just pick up while you're doing something else and just okay sounds, uh, dungeons. sounds weirdly meta it is it is but in a good way yeah do you have anything interesting going on in the gaming industry right now because shit's been going a little crazy the past couple days which is kind of funny yeah i was gonna mention probably the same thing you were with that g2a stuff that you were talking about yeah so so the first of like the two different companies are basically having a really bad pr week this week which is kind of funny by the time this goes to the feed, that'll be, you know, have been last week, basically. But the first one that happened was a whole bunch of GameStop employees uh, basically have been anonymously leaking a whole bunch of stuff about a new GameStop policy that's called Circle of Life. And uh, basically talking like and telling stories and sharing evidence of basically how GameStop corporate basically is promoting the employees of GameStop to like essentially just lie to customers to sell more used product because the company makes more money off of a used game than they do off of a new one. Yeah. So like even to go so far as like the way that their policy works, it encourages GameStop employees to tell people they don't have new product in the store and like just send them on their way because it's selling a new product screws their store numbers so much that like they have to sell even more used stuff to make up for it if someone buys something new yeah and like apparently the worst possible customer you can be at a GameStop is if you walk in buy a new game don't renew your subscription don't pre-order anything and like <laughs> and don't buy anything used like you are the worst customer because your numbers just screw the store over because then they have to do all of this shit to like balance out their numbers because corporate will yell at them if they don't meet quota you made me feel bad about everything I do because of this exact scenario I have when I walk in the door. I go, I buy a new game, I chat with the guys, and then leave. Like the one that really bothered me was the example that a guy gave of basically like a new game will come out and they tell people they don't have any in stock, but they can basically pre order it for you. Mm -hmm. And when it comes in later that week, they'll give you a call and you can just come pick it up. And that way it artificially gets their pre order number up. Mm. And apparently like this is all. a apparently this is a nearly company wide tactic because you know probably some manager thought of it and told all of his other buddies in the region, and then all the they told all of their buddies in nearby regions and it's just kind of like yeah, yeah. Hey, this is a really good thing and like the one that really got me is thinking about it was just like how many times have you ever gone in to a GameStop on the day of a day of a release where you did not pre order it and you walk in and ask if they have a copy of it there and they say no. The only copies we have are ones that people pre-ordered. Honestly, that that's only happened a couple of times, but I don't buy games that new yeah. very frequently. I, I don't either anymore, but I like I, I know at least two or three times where that is, I've specifically been told that, and I was like, dude, you have a stack of like 50 games behind the counter. Like I'm looking at them. You can't tell me that like 100 people pre-ordered at this podunk-ass store. Like, no. And at, and at this point, I actually just buy digitally anyway. Yeah. It, it, at this point, it just doesn't 
it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I don't like, care about the the media because there's nothing in there. All it is is a case, a DVD, yeah. or a Blu-ray disc, or and a bit of <laughs> plastic telling you where to go to look at the fucking manual. Yeah, or, or in the case of like, what was it, Fallout Four? I think it was just something that basically launched Steam for you. <laughs> yeah, if you're getting a PC game, and I think it had Steam. I think it had a Steam install on it. Like you could yep. install Steam from yep. the thing. It was pretty funny. Which was fairly entertaining. So I remember. Do you remember the debacle with uh, my Pit Boy edition? <laughs> no, Paul. I don't remember that at all. Could you please remind everyone of your terrible, terrible, deeply seated wounds? <laughs> no, no. Don't get me wrong. Amazon made good on the issue. The the issue was that I ordered a PC edition of Fallout Four at Pit Boy. I got the Pip Boy edition and I attempted to unbox it on my YouTube channel. And it turns out it was a PS4 edition. Now, at the time, I didn't own a PS4. I was very upset and I just shut off the stream immediately. Called Amazon, said, What the bleep, 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 because I flipped out on the first person. I felt really bad doing it because I was the asshole in that situation. Called back again, said, if you could find who the person was before me, please apologize to them for me because I feel like a jerk. They remedied the situation by giving me a Steam key and telling me I could keep the the PS4 copy. Nice. Yeah, I ended up giving the PS4 copy to a friend at work. He's played it, enjoyed it, and so we both got a free game out of the deal, it looks like. Nice, nice. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the thing for me is to just, Amazon is or Steam is such a better market. Like if I have to have a physical copy of a game, like I'm just going to order it on Amazon. And I'll order it on Amazon, or actually, I will go to Best Buy. Yeah, just for that. And and part of it is like I hate the way GameStop treats his employees. Like because mm-hmm. they do they. I have friends who've worked there, multiple friends who worked there for a really long time, and like they just got basically shed on. Like if they didn't, like it's just really terrible working environment. Yeah. Uh, at least that's the experience that you know they had. So I mean, there might yeah. be a, you know, a good GameStop out there somewhere, and someone might be listening, going like, "No, I work for GameStop, and my boss is awesome, and it's the most amazing place to work." And fucking hold on to that shit, dude, because that's a rare thing. Yeah, that's 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 like a black astronaut. <laughs> they're 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 black astronauts, Paul. There's not that many though. There's it's an archer that, joke. Leave me alone. There's, there's not that many white astronauts. Just, just let it go. <laughs> I do have some additional news. Okay. So two things. One, if you're a fan of Heroes of the Storm, the next hero coming out is Lucio from Overwatch. He is a support hero who offers up healing and a few other cool stuff. There is also... Uh, so you heard about the lawsuit against Oculus that Zenimax has? Yes, that was actually set, uh, like, finalized just, recently. Yep. Half a billion dollars, they won a lawsuit against Oculus, but they're not done yet. So Zenimax have been in a public spat over the details with id's software founder, John Carmack, since the case ended. But they're seeking to pursue things even further in the courts. In a statement provided by Polygon, Zenimax said that they may seek an injunction to temporarily stop the sales of Oculus Rift headsets. We will consider what further steps we need to take to ensure that we, there will be no ongoing use of our misappropriated technology, a Zenimax spokesperson said, including by seeking an injunction to restrain Oculus and Facebook from their ongoing use of a computer code that the jury found infringed Zenimax's copyrights. The $500 million awarded to Zenimax was over a breach of NDA, and Zenimax are looking for more recognition about the allegedly stolen code, which formed the basis of the Oculus Rift. 
Yeah, the the problem I see with that, and I mean, courts are stupid, so they probably would grant that injunction. Is like the headset doesn't use any of that code. The drivers use that code. Correct. <laughs> yeah, there is a small issue with that, but yeah. I don't think and, they'll care. I think basically the the crux of the situation is John Carmack helped with some of the driver code while he was still an employee of Zenimax. Therefore, it is considered a work for hire for Zenimax. Yep. And uh, because he's under contract mm-hmm. as a programmer <laughs> and yeah. uh, copyright as a bitch. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, but most of it was just, yeah, it's just copyright infringement. They didn't steal any patents. Like, you know, it's it's going to get appealed. And, we're you know, who knows where it'll go from there, um, which is kind of annoying. But, yeah, people aren't happy with Zenimax right now, which is kind of funny. I can't blame them at all. I have one more bit of news. If you have Mafia 3 and are looking to play more, uh, be excited because in March, May, and July, there are three more story expansions coming up. Oh, nice. Nice. I've heard good things about Mafia 3. I've heard nothing but good things. I just haven't had a chance to pick it up and play it. I've had too many games that I've been playing otherwise. Yeah. Uh, another interesting thing, uh, and I sent you a link to this earlier today, mm-hmm. the spiritual successor of Mutant League Football is on Kickstarter right now. It's called the yeah. Mutant Football League. Um, and it basically is kind of an NFL Blitz clone in a little way. Uh, it's very actiony, cartoony. Apparently, it's in a playable alpha state, like just a pre-alpha version, and they have a playable PC demo that you can download and check out. I'm probably going to download it. It is very close to its goal, and it's got 31 days to go. It is yeah. at forty thousand six hundred twenty-eight dollars, and only need one at sixty thousand. Yeah, like they're so, they're pretty close. Like, oh yeah, I mean, and it looks like they're really close to being done. Like, I don't know. They, they just say they need like probably just a little more for polish. So like a lot of sure. art stuff, I'm assuming, and probably some music licensing and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it looks really good. It just it, I'm betting it's going to much like NFL Blitz. It'll get a little repetitive at times, but probably. But that's OK. I mean, that's the entire point of it, right? Yep. Blowing people up. Yeah. It, it looks like fun. Like the, the field's kill you <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all yeah so I mean, there's some fun stuff in there mutant league football was a great great game on the genesis back in the day so absolutely having a mutant football league game for modern especially the fact that it's gonna have a pc version is fucking awesome that does bring me joy all right you ready for the main topic yeah we can hit the main topic so as usual on our game corner things the first half of the show is going to be as spoiler free as possible we're going to talk about mechanics and some other stuff um basically yeah keep it as spoiler free as possible this is a weird game because it was a fan-made homage to the pokemon series and it was released and then got blown out of existence by nintendo um cease and desist orders suck but it definitely Sometimes. still exists because you, there's definitely mirror downloads that you could just go out and find it. Like it's, it is still exists in the wild. You just have to. No, we are not encouraging you to do so. All we're doing is reviewing the game and letting you decide well, what to do. There's nothing illegal about downloading and playing the game. There is something illegal about someone making it available for download, theoretically. But I'm trying to cover our asses, Dan. <laughs> My ass is covered. Okay. 
Yeah, we're not going to so mention anyway. what it's covered with, are we? Oh, you can you can mention it here. I don't even know what it is. I don't. I literally have no idea what that is. I assume it's something from League of Legends. Yes, it is something from League of Legends. My awesome wife got me the Tibbers onesie from the Riot store. So I'm totally wearing like full-on Tibbers thing. Does it even get cold enough down there with that? Um, I have like all the fans on in my room. <laughs> I prepared for this, Paul. Okay. That explains why things are flopping around back there. Anyway, so... Uh, basically, this happened over the course of nine years using the uh, the system for building RPG Maker. Uh, it got released last year, had over a million downloads before the cease and desist slammed down on it from Nintendo. Um, basically, they kept vowing to keep the game updated for fans, but they cut off any new downloads. And, well, as Dan said, this is the Internet's. Yeah, really as soon as something it. is yeah as soon as something is available on the internet like yeah i think it was like a two or three days i think it was available for download and they had a million copies downloaded and then nintendo gave them a cease and desist order and then like it was already on BitTorrent at that point in time <laughs> not surprised at all and like i said like i just did a google search for shits and giggles and like there is other there are literal websites that literally only exist to let people download this game like which honestly more power to them yeah and it's probably not the same people who it's people who just like the game not this i wonder if people do fan patches like i wonder if he'll leak out the uh the source yeah the source and people will keep fixing it and editing it because it still needs some help it does know? a little bit yeah, yeah has, there's it's, it's some buggy there's some buggy and it's it's it, don't get us wrong uh, it's not it's polished it's finished it just that there some bug stuff that needed to get fixed before yeah because it uses rpg maker as yeah. its engine but holy crap is it like almost completely overhauled absolutely like it doesn't I, until dan told me that it was rpg maker i had no freaking idea it didn't seem like it it seemed like it was just yeah. a ground up pokemon it, game it looks like a ds game like it mm-hmm. looks like a ds era pokemon game like it's it's yeah really well done i'd even go so far as to say 3ds because it, the graphics were that good and yeah. seemed very fluid the animations were kind of jerky but i don't think that was a big deal considering it was a small crew who made it yeah but uh so within about a month like they said they were gonna you know keep updating it forever and like keep supporting it and about a month later they all the servers got taken down probably because you know further legal pressure sure. and you know, they actually consulted a lawyer and the lawyer was like, no, Nintendo really can obliterate you if they want to. Yeah. <laughs> like you Literally. used the name, which this is what made me laugh is I was trying really hard to find this commercial and I spent about 30 minutes looking for it and couldn't find it. But over the past couple of weeks on YouTube, I've been seeing like pre-roll commercials for this game that... The game calls itself Master of Monsters, yep. but like the little icon down in the corner is for a mobile game called Monster Saga. Okay. And the commercial straight up has you playing Ash, has Pikachu and Charizard, and 
uh, several other Pokemon, like very recognizable, famous Pokemon. Professor Oak is in there by name. Like, and apparently it has won some best new game awards for iOS and Android. And like, there is literally a market for Pokemon clone games and they exist and they are making money with actual Pokemon characters in them but I think they just don't use the name Pokemon in the title so Nintendo doesn't go after them. But I, you know P- Pikachu's trademarked the fucking back. And uh-huh. like, Pikachu is in this trailer. Like very clearly, there's no way this is not Pikachu. <laughs> and, and like literally, I spent about 30 minutes trying to find the commercial and like I can't find anything. All I can find is Let's Play videos for the for the game. Jesus. Okay. I'm surprised that it hasn't been taken down already. It probably has, which is why I can't find it. No, no I'm, th- I'm not talking about the commercial. I'm talking about the game. No, I'm talking about the commercial. I'm pretty sure the commercial's been taken down. Oh, already. I'm sure it has already. So the interesting thing about this game that also got a lot of attention um, is in the 2016 Game Awards last year, it was nominated for Best Fan Creation. And oh, Nintendo is one of the primary sponsors slash board members of the Game Awards. So... Just, you know, one day it wasn't on the list anymore. And neither yeah. was a really awesome looking fan game called AM2R, which if you haven't heard of it, you might want to go look it up because like it looks legit. It's like a fan remake of Metroid 2. Metroid 2, yeah. I was just about to ask. It's another Metroid 2 remake is what yeah. the abbreviation stands for, which is kind of funny. But apparently it's just really, really well done and people really liked it. And yeah, it, it got canned at these awards much like uh pokemon uranium i will say that am2r is amazing jedi mind trick yeah. and like it, it's gone yeah i did i did play am2r and it is amazing yeah, nice so since it's a pokemon game <laughs> there's kind of only two things to talk about there really is the battle mechanics and the story well battle mechanics and the pokemon <laughs> and then Please the story is all in the spoiler bill yeah so, if you played a Pokemon game, it is just turn-based JRPG combat. Like I said, it feels like a game from the DS era, like tons of menus. Just like it has like the little menu blocks along the bottom that you can actually hit with your mouse or use arrow keys. Um, it does have some uh, memory, so like whenever when you hit the move it'll say you know it'll jump straight to the last move you used uh, it'll go straight to the last item you used but it resets between fights um has the type advantage you know so like fire fire type pokemon using fire moves actually do double damage or whatever to grass pokemon yep and uh they have the whole ev iv thing if you're you know super hardcore into leveling up your pokemon uh, they basically are weird little extra stats that if you buff them up can make your Pokemon do even more damage, but it's it's really for people who are getting like super grindy and nitpicky. At that point you're you're so far into the Pokemon meta that you probably should be reevaluating your life. Yeah. <laughs> it's for people who like super spreadsheet yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. You're you're a min maxer and you probably played as a barbarian with three intelligence and 20 strength in D&D. I see nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Carrying on. Uh, there were also 
2v2 battles, which was introduced a few games ago, I think in black and white, it was introduced. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there were different versions of 2v2 battles, which were kind of funny. There was mm -hmm. you partnering up with someone else and you each yep. get one Pokemon. Uh, then there are occasions where you have two Pokemon in versus two mm -hmm. enemy Pokemon. Um, and I don't know what that next... I, I have no idea what that next note means. I meant something at some point. And I, Carrying I guess, on. Yeah, um, basically. But, so, yeah, but the targeting is really wonky in the fights. Like, there's there's no, like, real... In, like, the indicator is, like, the target Pokemon you have targeted flashes a little bit. Hmm. But, like, not all the moves have people flashing, which apparently can mean that it only hits the enemies or sometimes can mean that it hits all of your allies, too. And, uh... Yeah. That is very confusing. That's probably one of the things that needed ironing out. Yeah. So in the in the one of the later gym battles in the game, I'm uh, running around with like you're teamed up with Theo, who is your rival in this game, um, and that's not really a spoiler because you meet him like like any rival in a Pokemon game yeah. right at the beginning of the game. Yep. Um, I knocked out three of his Pokemon in the final gym battle because I was just like, fuck this motherfucker. I'm using Earthquake like every time. <laughs> and I was just killing his Pokemon. I will. And both of the other Pokemon because I was like retardedly higher level at that point in time due to shenanigans. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Exactly. So um, like any other Pokemon game, it has the catch mechanic where if you have lowered the health of your target Pokemon, you can have a better chance to catch him with the Pokeball. Yeah. Really similar. Um, so, and so this is where I had an issue. <laughs> until, uh, I, until I sent you a screenshot with, yeah. <laughs> with MS so, Paint drawing on it. <laughs> so in, in any other Pokemon game, if you're looking at the Pokemon at, in the battle and you're battling a trainer in the upper left corner or upper one of the corners, in the, I believe it's the upper left corner, you see yeah. your opponent's health. Uh, your opponent's Pokemon health, and underneath that is the six Pokeball indicator, whether or not, depending yeah. on which ones are filled, you have how many Pokemon. That wasn't there. So it's with the limitation of RPG Maker, um, your Pokemon are in your lower left corner, their Pokemon are in the lower right corner. I didn't notice that. It wasn't readily yeah. visible. It wasn't readily obvious. Yeah, well, it's it's basically it's their pokemon counter was under their health bar just all the way down and uh, above the bottom menu and then yours was the same it was on the bottom menu on the right side where your pokemon's health is and the minute you go into the menus there's this giant hand blocking the the counter so you can't see it unless you move off of the attack button yeah. And uh yeah, so I don't I don't blame you for missing it at all because it was it took me a little while to figure out like what the hell is that thing and why haven't I noticed it before? And it was uh because that stupid giant blue hand was in the way. It's just not readily obvious, so you don't really notice that there's a you know hand yeah. a Pokemon there. So you don't know how many Pokemon are left until you finally notice the damn thing years later. Yeah. Well, and then along these same lines, there's a on the health bar. If, if it has a little Pokeball on the health bar, it means you've caught that Pokemon before. And if there's yep. no little Pokeball on the health bar, it means you have not caught it before. Hmm. And it only shows up on wild Pokemon, so it doesn't matter when you're fighting like a gym or well, something like that. At, at least that's a, a fairly helpful indicator that yeah. you still have to figure out because it's not inherently obvious. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> there were, I noticed some weird little glitchy moments in the game. Like there ha- there were times where I swapped out Pokemon in a fight and it like the computer didn't get a chance to attack the new Pokemon that I threw in. Like it just it totally canceled out the computer attack and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yay for me. Yeah, it's just I don't just, think I've experienced that one. Yeah. And kind of the last comment to make and and our first kind of real critique of the game that we can get into is combat is really slow and tedious and it makes the game even more grindy than it already is being a Pokemon game where you're supposed to like ridiculously level up Pokemon. Do you enjoy grinding in Japanese RPGs? Did you enjoy the original Final Fantasy where you continue to grind your characters up to level 99 just to finish the game? Then you'll enjoy Pokemon Uranium where you have to grind and grind. To be fair, all Pokemon games you have to grind in. This felt even worse. The last one that I played to its entirety was Diamond and Pearl on the uh, DS. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't remember it being this grindy. I don't remember Diamond being that grindy either. It was grindy, like you had to level up, but sure. like I think that so from what I remember in Diamond and Pearl is I think you could be around a level fifty ish and beat mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. Um and quasi spoiler, like the last bosses in this game are above level seventy. Wow. So the thing with <laughs> but, but the thing with Diamond and Pearl was that you you basically ground while going around. Like you, you didn't yeah. grind. You didn't have to actually go out and specifically go to level up your Pokemon. Yeah. This well, game this, you do. Yeah, you definitely do. And full disclosure, I didn't like this game. Yeah. Like I couldn't stand it. Like I got to the second gym and then Dan showed me a picture of one of the Pokemon that was coming up and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done. I couldn't deal with that shit any fucking more. Oh, he was so awesome. It made me so happy to see that Pokemon. I laughed so hard. Um, so, yeah. So, the I did not enjoy the grind of this game. But I, as I was getting more and more into the story, which really doesn't pick up until about the third gym, it was it was a, a stroll. It was it was laborious. I it was a. a pain in the ass to play this game like it was it was a grind like it was literally like oh god god let me go put another hour or two into pokemon uranium and see where i can get i was at one point looking for something to see if like hey is, are there cheat codes for this game this is what i started looking for so you know just because some people put those in like you know mm-hmm. just, i could type some keyboard commands and get infinite money or something like that you know sure whatever um Apparently, because this is made with RPG Maker, it is really easy to edit your game while it's in RAM. Like, you don't even have to edit the save game. You just edit the actual game while it's running in RAM. Um, And there's, I've discovered this wonderful program that's called Cheat Engine. (laughs) And it's literally designed to, like, edit applications while they're running in in, uh, system memory. And someone has made a what is called a table for it uh, for Pokemon Uranium. And so it's super, super easy to do this stuff. So the first thing I did was like gave one of my Pokemon a rare candy and then unequipped the rare candy from the Pokemon and then 
made that rare candy infinite and then leveled all of my pokemon up to like about 20 levels higher than they were supposed to be for each thing so that like mm-hmm. there was a chance i could still catch some of the wild pokemon to build up the pokedex in the game because that's still you know like part of the game is catching the pokemon so i want you get bonuses for it so i was looking to see what happens sure. plus you know sometimes sure. you want to catch the crazy legendary pokemon instead of just killing them in one hit yeah so as this game was developed over nine years i feel like as each new pokemon game came out they continued to add features to the game and i felt like yeah. it very much suffered from scope creep because of yeah. that like it kept going further and further on and then level 70 yeah. happens with your final bosses yeah so one of the things that i kind of regret that we weren't able to do is that like there's there's multiplayer battling and there's trading and stuff that, that yeah. is in the game but since the servers aren't online like they it doesn't work like none of the stuff works yeah so like there's some things that we can't yeah really speak to here because we were not able to see it because that does not exist in this game anymore which kind of sucks it, um, it does because i would i wouldn't have minded trading pokemon so with previous pokemon games any generation you could think of they they're all paired so mm-hmm. they divide a certain number of pokemon where you can only get them in one version and not the other and vice versa this game didn't have that so i don't i feel like we didn't miss out on too much the only thing we really missed out on was multiplayer battling yes and we did we missed out <laughs> and well, we could have traded because i'm pretty sure there are some pokemon that you can only evolve uh via trading that's a fair point because that's uh kind of a staple of the pokemon games like there's a handful of them that like you have to give them a special item and then they then you trade them and yeah yeah and, and i'm gonna be honest with you you might have missed it but i sure as hell didn't <laughs> i know i know i'm just I, I like the idea of a Pokemon game, but I don't have 40 or 50 hours to piss away grinding on getting my Charizard to max level. It just... Yeah. Like, oh to, to give you an idea, I cheated like a motherfucker and was literally going through gyms, one-hitting everything. Um, and it took me nearly 26 hours to beat the game. Not only that, but... We've been trying to record this all week, and, yeah. it and the game going. doesn't end. <laughs> it kept going and going. So, like, so, uh, so on Monday, we're like, we we generally record these on a Monday to give us enough time to edit them heavily and then get them out on the next Monday. So I'm sitting here like, hey Dan, you gonna record tonight? He's like, I want to try and finish a story. So uh, Tuesday night comes. Hey, how's it going? We gonna record tonight? I want to finish a story. Okay. Wednesday comes. Hey, Dan, are you going to record tonight? I want to finish a story. It is Friday night. (laughs) And we're still... Well, the funny part was there was a a moment earlier in the week, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, when we are actually talking about the story. Um, I literally told him, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm at the end of the game. (laughs) Like... The, this story is about to end. Like I, I am, I am on that last path to the final battle. Right. Like you, know, you can tell that moment in a game. Like yep. this game is about to ramp up towards resolution. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have somewhere between two and five hours left to play of this game, depending on how much bullshit they put in the way. That happened on Wednesday. <laughs> yes. 
a little over two hours later, I got to what I thought was the actual end of the game. It was about two hours and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. I got to the full, complete, actual end of the game just under five hours after that, like total. So, like, my prediction was dead on. Like, I was about where I thought the story actually ended. It was two hours and 45 minutes where the story actually ended up ending because of bullshit. It was just under five hours. So, I was was definitely, like, right on it for uh, (laughs) what I... (laughs) <laughs> what i expected i think the funniest part was when you sat down to play it it's like I'm, I'm about probably about two hours left and then your wife comes home early for work oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so i've been mostly playing this game uh while my daughter's been taking naps and stuff like that and yeah just one day i'm like all right cool i could totally beat this game today and i sit down i play for maybe 20 minutes and i get you know get the little ping from ways saying your wife is on her way home and she'll be home in 20 minutes i'm like shit because <laughs> i'd spent like i don't know an hour and a half fighting with my daughter to get her to actually take a nap at that point in time and it was just annoying because um, it made me it, i actually started busting out laughing in the oh, car was- on the way back from from Columbus, so i was i was down about two hours south of here in for for work and i'm and i because I'm bored, I'm sitting in the passenger seat while one of my coworkers is driving back. I'm like, hey, Dan, we're recording tonight. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to finish this. And then five minutes later, crap, wife has cut me home. <laughs> yep, so All right. That, that kind of put an end to that. So, okay. So we'll put a link in the show notes to this next part, which is the Pokedex for this game. Because there's actually a really, really good Pokedex that someone put together. It's on uh, wikia.com or whatever. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's- it's and, really comprehensive. Yeah, and I mean, it's got maps of everything. Like, it is a really, really good walkthrough if you need one for the game and decide you want to play it and want to use one. Um, Let me put it this way. Uh, if you've used Bubblepedia, this is almost as good. And Bubblepedia is the the Pokemon wiki. Okay. Anyway. So we're going to start talking about the Pokemon. There's 190 Pokemon in this game, which is kind of impressive. Um, yeah. 150 of them are brand new made by the team that made this game fan created pokemon some of them show it some of them actually look like they would just fit right in the game and by the end of the game there were some of them that i were like i would totally buy these as real pokemon like, but not Bodie mcshark face <laughs> especially Bodie mcshark face God damn um <laughs> well why not they have a fucking key ring in the actual pokemon games <laughs> nice um so the weird part about this game is so you get three there are three starter pokemons as normal there's a fire a grass well there's a fire slash ground type mm-hmm. a grass slash steel type and a water slash electric type which and, doesn't make any sense whatsoever yes but the annoying part to me is that like 90 percent of the pokemon in this game have more than one type so mm-hmm. they're doubly weak to things like eat they get the weakness of both types and it's, and the strength of both types too though yeah but it is fucking annoying on the later fights where like every hit is super effective and something that's 20 levels lower than you is killing you in one hit i do notice that we uh we chose the same starter though oh that's cool i was gonna ask you which one you uh got uh so the the starters are wrap torch uh 
which is like a little velociraptor looking pokemon um that's a fire type uh and then he turns into archilles i'm gonna guess maybe archilles but i would call it archilles I, i'd go with archilles yeah uh then there's orchnix uh who is the grass type he's a, like a weird little cat and he turns into metal links and metal Lynx sounds like a real pokemon name like so it does yeah good job on that one um so does this one though yeah, Elatux is the water slash electric one, uh, and it, I think, also looks like a cat. I don't remember. I don't remember what Elatux I don't remember is. either. Um, I didn't look at it, really. Yeah, I've only seen, like, a couple of them. It's, like, a weird little blue, little weird little blue guy. Do you, do you want me to... It's a hippocampus Pokemon. Are, are we introducing the game early? Yeah, we can start the game. Let's, so, the game here is, since Paul didn't finish playing the game, and I'm going to be talking about the plot, and he's kind of going to stand in for the audience that uh you know has no idea what the hell i'm talking about for the rest of the show he's going to describe the pokemon to you so paul what does elatux look like man i don't even fucking know it looks <laughs> like a rabbit with mushrooms on its ass <laughs> he got it us so it's a blue like i don't know horsey horse looking thing with a weird horn growing out of the back of its head i don't know I don't know what the hell it is. I mean, it's it says it's an average-sized quadruped with horse-like features. That's a fucking rabbit. You can't lie to me. <laughs> anyway, I really don't like the evolution's name, which is Electruxo. It should have yeah. been Electruxo. You didn't need the C in there. It just makes it stumble. Yeah. It flows better that way. Anyway. Um, the funny part is, like, looking to see if they where they put the... Evolutions? So there's a mega evolution for some of these guys. And oh. like for the three starters, like they only have two versions of them. And then there's right. they have a they have a mega evolution, but like I don't see the mega evolution. Like it's not on the chart like at all. all which right. is kind of which is kind of weird. Um so they actually if you go into if you delve into it, the mega mega electruxo, if you go into like if you click on L L uh, Electruxo, and then scroll all the way down, you see the evolution. Which that looks like a. <laughs> what do they do to that? I don't know. It looks like it has like lampreys eating its ass. I was, I, I was going to say it looked like it fucked a jester. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it, I, I swear to God, a jester sidled up behind this shark ass Pokemon, fucked it, and all of a sudden it had tassels and bells on the fucking thing. <laughs> oh this game is gonna be so good anyway uh so yeah so, so those are the things um so the interesting part about this game in my opinion is like how you you don't get to pick your pokemon like there's no way for no. you to pick it like, i thought this they, was a really cool thing though they you answer essentially just like a questionnaire and the it asks you just like a series of questions about your play style in pokemon basically mm -hmm. um and that whatever you answer essentially becomes your Pokemon. Like your, yeah. they try to match your play type with your starting Pokemon, which for me was just like, I just want to smash people in the face and kill them all. Um, the, the thing with it is that it's, it's readily apparent which one you'll get if you would, depending on the answer you choose, because the answers are color coordinated. And yes. each each answer is like if you choose all red, you'll get the fire type. If you choose all blue, you'll get the water type. And if you choose all green, you'll get the grass type. So you can 
kind of game the system and choose whichever one you want. But if you answer it honestly, it, it could just kind of be a crapshoot and you'll get something random. Um, and then the weird part about this game compared to other Pokemon games is that unlike a normal game, your rival gets the Pokemon that's weak to your type. I did find that very interesting and also hilarious. Yeah. So this actually ends up like really, really hardcore playing into the story. And it's actually really funny because like you hated it, if I remember correctly. Like you just thought Theo was a basically just a whiny bitch. And he is for the entire opening of the game. And, yeah. it, and like this choice of starter totally plays into his character arc in a really really good way later in the game like you kind of pick up on it later in the game if you're paying attention and it's just like wow it's actually really cool that he got that because it's not like by the end of the game you are his rival he is mm -hmm. not your rival like in the traditional pokemon game he is the pc because you have the pokemon that's strong to his type and sure. you are always one step ahead of him and you are always beating him, which is usually totally the opposite of a normal Pokemon game. So the one thing I will say to that is that the previous gen, not um, like uh, Alpha, Sapphire, and Omega Ruby, they did a very similar thing in that your rival in that game keeps getting his or her ass handed to them. Mm -hmm. And it's a very similar situation. So I'm not sure if they, because I think this game came out before the previous gen. Or I, I don't remember, I mean, but at that point, I don't think that would have factored it, into it. It came out before Sun and Moon, yes. Okay, no, no, previous gen, before Sun and Moon. It was Omega, Omega Ruby and Star Sapphire, yes. or Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, Omega Ruby and Star Sapphire came out bef after, before this game. Okay, I, I, so th they did something very similar in, the, in that game, where you're basically the rival of the, instead of the, the same situation you had, which is you're the rival instead of they're the rival i mean you, you still get the weaker quote-unquote weaker pokemon but you are still handing them their ass every time and it seems and it makes it seem like they're the sympathetic character and you're the jerk yeah but yeah it was, it's it's something that was really just interesting because you know that doesn't normally happen in a pokemon game normally your rival always always gets the counter type to yours and this time you get the counter type to theirs and like you just smack him in the face like you bitch slap him the first fight and he like runs home crying basically and it's kind of funny <laughs> if this is a clove <laughs> of garlic i'm gonna be so pissed nice so yeah and something that i mentioned it fucking uh, is <laughs> uh you're getting ahead of yourself paul you're getting ahead of yourself in the game i and saw the name and i had to check okay yes you had to um so yeah, like I mentioned this before that because almost all of the Pokemon have more than one type, like it's hard to find Pokemon that aren't weak to something. And later in the game, you get into a bunch of battles where like everything seems to critically hit or is super effective on everyone. Even when you're like 10 to 20 levels higher than their Pokemon, like you're still getting just trashed by. Well, yeah, because everything's super effective. Hits. Yeah. But like like they're level 50 and you're level 70 and they're still one-shotting you it's pretty ridiculous um so there are 
90 Pokemon or 190 Pokemon and only 150 of them are new. So like there's some cool stuff in the game that they stole from the main series, which are kind of interesting to see. Like it was neat to see some of these in the game, which I thought was really fun. Um, like Gyarados. Mm-hmm. Like Gyarados was in the game. I was like, holy shit, that's a Gyarados. That was kind of cool. Uh yeah. and Magikarp is also in the game. I think there's I Magikarp. Saw, I think I only saw one Magikarp, which is kind of funny. I saw like five. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah, only I think I only saw one. Mm-hmm. Did you do any fishing? No. Okay. No. I ended up uh it was just trainer battles for that. And I got like like two or three. I guess they're randomized, maybe. Okay, maybe. Um Eakins and Arbok are in there. Uh, Eevee and th- the ridiculous number of Eevee evolutions are all in there. Uh, Vaporeon, Jolteon, Flareon, Espeon, Umbreon, Leafeon, Glaceon, and Sylveon. Um, and literally, I think Eevee was o- only put in this game because there is a nuclear Eevee evolution called Nucleon. God damn it. And it, Which is a fucking awesome pun. There's a nucleon evolution, and it looks really awesome. Like, is a like all of the radioactive types are great. Like, they look really cool. I hate puns. I know you hate puns. But one of the ones that I think both of us were surprised to see in there was Mankey. I was surprised to see it. I laughed my ass off when I got my ass handed to me by Mankey. Yeah, I I spent at least an hour in that first bush, like that first set of. Trying to catch one, through, trying to catch a manky because nice. one one spawned and I accidentally killed it. <laughs> I actually, I actually caught him the second time, which was the next fight. So I got lucky in that one. Yeah, but I, I spent like an hour trying to get one to spawn. Nice. Um, nice. So yeah, I mean, there's just a handful of them in there that were thrown in from other games, which is kind of interesting to see. Um, uh, there were some other Pokemon in this game that I thought were really interesting. <laughs> that were <laughs> their entire creations um but these are just the cool ones that i saw there's a really really hilarious uh legendary in the game that's involved in a weird side plot um whose name is garlic kid if this were a superhero it would be garlic themed it would be superman with a garlic head and i'm so <laughs> pissed looking at it i'm so angry because it's grass and fighting type because of fucking course it is it's got abs for crying out loud Look at this fucking thing. The garlic leaf, the, the little peel of garlic is its goddamn cape. Oh, garlic kid is so goddamn funny. I hate everything about this. Everything about that. Uh, uh, garlic kid is, is fantastic. Like, you didn't even get to garlic kid in the game. So the next one is, I, I mentioned it a second ago, the Nucleon is actually really cool looking, in my opinion. It's not even attached. Like none of the, its ears aren't attached for one. The tail's not attached, and then this chest shit. What? <laughs> it, okay, it's got a nuclear symbol on its chest. Not even attached to its chest. Not a part of it. Like this shit just kind of floats around. Yeah. Like a turn a punch bowl. <laughs> really, dude. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. Nice, nice. Moving on. All right. So the next one is uh, just a weird little low-level Pokemon called Kokoron. You ever remember Crab? This yeah. is a hermit crab with a coconut shell. Yeah. That's it. It just, he looked, it was a cool little Pokemon. Like, it's kind of adorable. That thing is fucking awesome. Like, it's just yeah. this cool, cool little, this cute cool little dude. Um, God damn puns. And then, <laughs> why does it have four eyes? It doesn't have arms. I don't know. So, 
in the original Pokemon, there was a Pokemon called Ditto that would uh, could mimic and turn into other Pokemon. And there's a Pokemon in this game called Duplicate uh, that can also do the same thing. Like it has a move where it will, one, it has one move where it will replicate itself. So you hit the duplicate instead of hitting it. Um, and then there's a move that it does where it will literally turn into whatever Pokemon you have active and steal its move type. So it's it's a fun little Pokemon. I guess. I mean, it has no mega symbol for a tail. Yeah. Duplicates, just weird. Four eyes. No arms. Like, I don't know how the hell it's going to do the scratch move. It doesn't even have scratch. I don't think it has scratch. Whatever. It, it has some weird so, stuff. I don't care. It kind of reminds me of uh, what is that that meme non cat or whatever like the little cat that's rocking on the rainbow. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like uh, that's, although, that's, except with four eyes. One thing we didn't mention was that there are shiny Pokemon in this as well. Yes, I saw none. I didn't either. So good luck. <laughs> yeah, like. But yeah, they're supposed to be that rare anyway. So yeah, it's not abnormal. Um, so one of the gimmicks of this game is the radioactive Pokemon because there's, you know, it's it's all about nuclear stuff. And so radioactive Pokemon are weird. Um, don't look at them yet, Paul. I can, see, I can see you tapping down to them. <laughs> yep, there was some salt there. I'm not going to keep going. <laughs> so basically in certain parts of the game, there's lots of radiation around like destroyed power plants and it corrupts the Pokemon and they're kind of cool because they get like these they change color and they basically become like black and neon green which is like think about any razor peripheral you've ever seen <laughs> like like my mouse like it is, it's a nuclear Pokemon mouse <laughs> I say hold up my own razor mouse yeah. uh, which Yours Mine is actually kaleidoscoping, blue. but yeah, well, it kaleidoscopes through colors. But yeah, just like traditionally, they're black and green. It's that yeah. same color, but they did a really, really good job, like shifting the Pokemon to these other colors, which are kind of cool. But yeah, so that it also allegedly they can learn moves faster and learn different and more powerful moves but the couple the couple that i leveled up with just with rare candies like i didn't notice any difference between them and like the normal ones that i had okay. um they do get a nuclear type move and okay. nuclear type moves are crazy because they are super effective no matter what the type of the other pokemon interesting like they just they just nuke Radi everything, yeah, literally. Radi radiation nukes everything. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. And the part that makes them obnoxious is the fact that they just ignore, can ignore the trainer's command. So, like, you can tell it to, at to use a an attack, and it'll either not do anything sometimes, or it'll randomly just use a different attack. Um, it'll randomly hit other people that it's not supposed to like theo because <laughs> i totally killed at least one of theo's pokemon <laughs> with a nuclear uh squirrel like electric squirrel and like just fucking <laughs> rocked it, whatever the hell he had <laughs> if you ever watched the animated series it was basically the same relationship that ash had with his charizard yeah kind of like it, it definitely just was not friendly um just yeah. Zero fucks given. Just did whatever the hell it wanted. So aside from like the nuclear move, like it's they weren't really worth having in your party, in my opinion. 
I can not, understand that. Not until like significantly, significantly later in the game for sure. reasons that I won't get into due to spoilers. Yeah, there'll there'll be there's story reasons for them, but we'll uh, we'll address those later. Can I now look at these stupid fucking Pokemon? Okay. So then I have, I have a handful of Pokemon here that are just weird. Oh, and what funny. the fuck is that? <laughs> it literally has a sword on its face. So the Pokemon that Paul is currently looking at is called a Daikatuna. <laughs> Paul, would you like to describe a Daikatuna for our wonderful audience? It's a fish with a literal sword on its face. What the fuck do you want from me? I'm I'm so mad because it's a pun. It better be the worst fucking Pokemon ever because it's a pun on Daikatana. And I'm so mad right now just staring at this fucking thing. <laughs> it, it It's standing on its back fins for one. And then the other two are like, it's flexing. Like I don't even I don't even know. I'm just it has a sword for a face, okay? Look at the combat pictures down at the bottom. Do I have to? It's because like, it, lo- it looks even funnier from behind. It's like Popeye fucked a fish. Yeah. I had I had a Daikatuna in my party for a really long time at the end because of a uh, surf and dive. Yeah. No. Basically because the no. uh the double damage types for a Daikatuna are a lot better than our next contestant. Which would be your favorite, the Titan Ice. Why? Why is that my favorite? Oh, is this Bodie McShark face? It's Bodie McShark face. So it's a literal <laughs> tugboat with a shark face. <laughs> it, it's not a tugboat, dude. <laughs> it is literally the fucking Titanic <laughs> stuck in an iceberg. I've never been so angry in my life. <laughs> and it's got like a shark face. Like it's got teeth and eyes instead of a porthole. <laughs> oh, I love this Pokemon so much. <laughs> I don't want to do the podcast anymore. I think I'm done. <laughs> like that's <laughs> this game has just broken my will to want to do this podcast. It it is an ice type Pokemon. <laughs> Gee, I wonder fucking why. Okay, let's just let's move on. Oh, uh, UFO Pokemon. This ought to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's there's a couple of UFO Pokemon that are made me laugh. One is S fifty one and then in its evolved form is S fifty one A. And you wanna uh let, oh, tell them what S fifty one looks like? Someone shoved a green Kirby in a UFO. <laughs> That's pretty fair, actually. <laughs> and S fifty one A is um they put a bubble on it. They put a bubble on Kirby's head. Nice. That's pretty much it. And he got angry. Oh, he's got red and blue eyes. Oh. And his arms are coming out of the... What? What? <laughs> Just... Like... No. Is it is it better or worse than Titan Ice? I don't know. Okay, so there's regular mode and Nuzlocke mode. You got to explain that to me. Okay, so Nuzlocke mode. So there, there's a challenge in a normal Pokemon game that's called the Nuzlocke challenge. Okay. And these guys embraced the Nuzlocke challenge so much that like it's literally a game type you can play. When you start a game, you get a choice whether to start in regular mode or Nuzlocke mode. And I had no the, idea what that was. So fill for. Me in. Yeah, for the love of fuck, do not pick Nuzlocke mode unless you are a super hardcore Pokemon fan. Okay. So regular mode is just your standard normal Pokemon game. So what Nuzlocke... Yeah, Nuzlocke is a way to make a Pokemon game harder. Okay. 
And normally it's like an honor system kind of thing. Like you agree to these rules when you do it, but since it's a mode in this, they're hard coded. So you don't get a choice. Okay. Rule number one for Nuzlocke mode. If a Pokemon faints, faints or is defeated in battle, it is dead and cannot be revived. I guess I don't understand. What the hell is Nuzlocke? Like, what, what does it stand for? Is there... I, think, I think it's the dudes, whoever, like, oh, okay. it's Reddit handle or 4chan handle or whatever the okay. fuck it was that he invented these rules on. Sure. So, yeah. so basically, permadeath, it introduce, introduces permadeath. Okay. Um, the second is that only the first Pokemon you encounter on each route can be caught. After that, you can't catch any more Pokemon on that route, no matter what. Even if you fail to catch the first one. So if it runs away or you accidentally kill it, you cannot catch another Pokemon on that road. That sucks. That just does not sound fun. The idea is that it makes it much, much harder. And then there's a bunch of optional rules, which in this, like, there's literally, when you pick Nuzlocke mode, there's a bunch of options you get to pick at the start. One of them is caught, uh, called the Dubious Clause. And yeah. it's if you've already caught the f first Pokemon you encounter on a route, mm -hmm. you can try and catch the second one. Okay. Um, there's one that's called the Shiny Clause, which if you find a shiny Pokemon, you can catch it. And right. if you don't know what a shiny Pokemon is from Pokemon, it's a very, very rare version of a Pokemon that has different colors. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah no, nothing different other than it looks different. Um, it's like somebody spray painted it with metal. Yeah. Depending on the Pokemon. Some of them are just completely different color. It's kind of weird. Shiny um, and chrome. Yep. Witness me. There anyway. we go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one of them is you can toggle off healing in combat. So no healing items during combat. Um, you can also toggle on and off whether or not you your Pokemon can hold items, which means if you turn that off, there's no mega evolutions in the game because your Pokemon oh. have to hold something to do a mega evolution. That sucks. Um, there's to make it even harder. You can turn off Pokemarts where you cannot buy items in a shop. You can only find items in the wild. That really sucks. And then there's actually something called challenge mode, which all of the enemy trainers you run into are one to seven levels higher than they normally are, but give the exact same amount of experience as they normally would. Let me put this into context for if you haven't played this game yet, which you probably haven't. There is nothing but trainers in the wild. Almost. That's what yeah, it feels like. Oh my God, there are so many of them. Yeah. It's like someone turned up the dial to 11 when, you, when putting down trainers. Yeah. And eventually you start learning to dodge them, which is really funny. Like you start oh, I learned learning to dodge them to, real fucking quick. Yeah, you learn to walk around them or to wait till they turn the other way and run past them real fast. And yeah, you learn you learn how to get around their pathing yeah. pretty quick. All right. So, so I got a question for you. Okay. What did you think? Just on the whole, no scale one to ten, just would you recommend this game? It's a yes, but. My answer is a yes, but. Okay. I really like the story of this game. Like, I think the grindiness gets in the way of what is a actually really good RPG story. Like, the story was really, really good. Okay. I really enjoyed it. There's just too much crap. 
getting in the way of that story. Like I said, the story doesn't even really start until you get to the third gym, which is probably more than six hours into the game. I can absolutely get behind that. And that's kind of a shame. Like some of it is set up before that. Like there's a little bit of backstory and you get like a little bit of stuff between you and Theo prior to that, but it doesn't feel like there's anything there. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really happens until you basically get cock blocked from the third gym and forced yeah. to go somewhere else. And then, uh, I mean, actual oh. stuff, actual story starts happening. And then it was just like, Hey, sure. this, this story is actually pretty good. Cause it's just a shame. It took me 15 hours to get to the part where the story is actually good. So, to put it into context, Dan, like a champ, ground through this game over the course of, I think, three weeks or so? Yeah, three weeks. And playing pretty much constantly for the past two weeks. I've been putting in about three to four hours a day most days. And to put it into context, (laughs) I played maybe three hours before I said, ah, this is not for me. And and while I I say that... Tight, nice screenshot. (laughs) And I say, and I say that because I didn't. I don't really care for Pokemon games, and I, and I don't. I don't mean that they're not good games. I mean that they're not games that I enjoy playing. I don't enjoy grindy RPGs anymore. I used to when I was a kid. I, that was all we had, and it was still fun. Now I like to actually play digestible games that I can have like maybe five ten minutes play through around, uh, like Overwatch for example is, is a really great example where I can play maybe ten fifteen minutes. We'll finish around, and then we can take a break. I can go do something else if I want to. I'm not committed to finishing a 40-hour game. Yeah. Which, if you had probably done this without the rare candies, probably would have taken me more than that. Yeah, like it, it would have taken me a lot to even stand a chance at this yeah. thing. If you like Pokemon, if you really enjoy the games, yeah. the series, the mechanics, play this game. You will enjoy it. I- it is... Absolutely something I can recommend in that light. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Yeah, like that that's kind of where it stands for me. It's like if someone really loves Pokemon games and they want something different that actually has like a really cool story and mm-hmm. doesn't mind a bit of a grind and the fact that you basically have to use a keyboard. Like yeah, because you can't that's use the only issue this thing, which is kind of annoying. Um which I find weird because yeah. I can I can actually you can actually do that with other RPG maker games. Yeah, so I just don't know if they just didn't do it or what they did. I I, I don't know. Either way. Yeah. Okay. You guys ready? It's that time again. Yes. We are getting into deep, heavy spoiler territory. So we're going to give you a few minutes to pause the podcast, go play the game if you want to, or if you don't, you can just start up again with the spoilers. Yeah. We're that- going to spoil everything. Yes. So, well, almost everything, because like we're gonna gloss over the gyms, and then like we're gonna go hardcore about the story because sure. the, the gyms are just incidental. Like I said, there's the stuff that gets in the way of the actual yeah stuff you want from the game, like the actual story you want. But that's the thing. That's the same thing in every Pokemon game. They're the MacGuffins to keep you going. They're the impetus to actually have the story in the first place. They're just the setting. The gyms aren't important. The story that surrounds the gyms is. And that's the same thing here. So the gyms are just kind of there for a backdrop. Yes. So with that said, 
we are now starting into the spoiler territory. So if you do not want anything spoiled for you, including the gyms, please pause the podcast now and go play the game. Okay, I think we're good. Fire away, buddy. All right. So we're going to start with the gyms because how many gyms did you actually get through? Two. Like I said, I did not go farther than the second gym. Okay, so yeah, that's actually funny. Now I recognize that guy. Um, you actually, the gym leader of the second gym, you actually fight during the championship tournament at the very Oh, very really? Point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which, which I was surprised by. Yeah, because uh, I, I fought uh, Maria. That was a very straightforward. You walk in, beat yeah. the crap out of henchmen, and fight the boss. That was pretty fun. I mean, it was just a usual Pokemon gym. No big deal. The cool thing about Burl Town, which is where you find Davern, who's the cave uh, kind of, I guess, the pretty much any Pokemon you find in a cave, yeah, is that you have a kind of a puzzle. So you you f- fight each henchman until you find the one that has a specific gem, and you use that gem to slot into a stalagmite so that it will go away, and you can actually finally go to Davern and fight him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so after that, the gems basically start having a little more puzzles um kind of the next one is in the main town of this game which is beale beach city uh which is where the pokemon ranger headquarters is where your dad works okay um so yeah and the boss's name is callie and she has all of the pokemon you find on the beaches um there's not really a puzzle here. There's basically just just navigating around henchmen. <laughs> Callie, really? Yeah. Yep. Um, Is her last name Fornia? No, she doesn't have a last name. It should be. Sorry, there's just fucking hate puns. Yes. Basically, you can avoid the henchmen if you're really careful. Most of them, at least. There's always a few that you have to fight. Pretty much no matter what. Then the next one is in a place called Vinoville Town, and the boss is named Sheldon the Techno Wiz, and he has steel types. And this is where they start using kind of traditional RPG tropes. Um, This this one has the classic invisible bridges. So you'll have a platform and then another platform, and there's like a windy invisible path that you have to get across. And you like... There's a button you hit right at the start of the bridge, and it'll show you the path across it, like one block at a time. And then you just have to remember the shape as you go across. So it's a ridiculous game of Simon. Yeah. And if you're like me and you have auto run turned on always, like it becomes a pain in the ass because the controls get a little wonky when you're running all the time. <laughs> right. And yeah, it basically just, you have to, there's five or six different paths you have to get across. The, all of the gyms are really short hmm. um and then yeah you just you beat the boss um yeah there was only like uh in the first one there was maybe three people the second one had maybe four or five and then you found the gym it was it's really straightforward for the most part like the, i i didn't find any real challenge into it yeah like none of the none of the gyms were particularly challenging to navigate some of them were fun there there's some stuff in the uh what was that so that was vinoville was the fourth so the sixth gym mm-hmm. had had some really funny stuff but so the next gym would be amatry town uh which is yep. gym number five uh, and it had tico the flaming dancer who was like kind of a hawaiian stereotype dude and like a 
sarong skirt yeah and uh used all fire type guys okay um and this one had just like a room that was set out in a grid and it had these walls that were made of fire and you would push rocks onto pressure plates and it would change what walls were lit and what weren't and you just had to kind of figure out the puzzle and navigate across this one room that had uh, a bunch of pressure plates and it's walls weird. made of fire yeah this was... so is like a game of sokoban possibly <laughs> it's a the box pushing puzzle where you have to get them in a certain order Oh, well, no, it's, it's because you're putting them on, you're putting, like, you walk into this one place and there's a boulder here and a pressure plate. And when you push the boulder onto the pressure plate, like this wall disappears, right? Like this wall up here disappears, but this wall appears and this wall appears. So you just Mm -hmm. have to, you have to do them in the right order, basically. You have to go push block A and then walk over to block B and then backtrack to block F. And then, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. That's the best way I can think to explain it. Um, That's fair. So the next one is at uh, Vanessi City, and the, the this is a weird one because it says that the boss is a mystery and you won't know who it is. So like I thought, you know, he's like, okay, cool. I just need to fight anyone because random who it could be. And no, the boss is sitting on the stupid end platform just like every other. <laughs> That's vexing. And, and his name is Iago, like from Shakespeare. Yeah. Um. Because it's in a, you're fighting in a big opera house in this one, which is kind of funny. Okay, uh, that's cool. So, it's a movement maze that's kind of also kind of in a lot of RPGs where the you know the you're basically walking oh, on okay. ice. Yeah. So as soon as you step on the floor, you automatically slide until you hit something. Yep. And you have to like navigate sliding over and hitting people and hitting pillars and stuff like that. And sure. Yeah, it's. It's pretty simple, but it's introducing you to the mechanic because it shows up a lot after this, like especially uh, on the way to the next dungeon. I would hate all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I said, you're told at the beginning that the boss of the gym is a mystery and could be anyone. Right. And yeah. Then Iago is just standing at the end of the platform. So you beat Iago and then surprise, he's not actually the gym leader. He's just a henchman. <laughs> but so he opens a trap door under you and you fall under the stage and like, meet the real gym leader which is this chick Rosalind and uh, she has all psychic type Pokemon too because yeah. they're, they're actors so they like psychic types or something of course I guess yeah sure um, the next gym is in Snowbank Town which is up in the mountains and the gym leader is calls himself Varen the Dragon and he's totally not a dragon he's just a dude <laughs> surprise. Uh, his <laughs> His Pokemon are all dr- various dragon types. Uh, and it reminded me a lot of the Greybeards from Skyrim. And I think it's yeah. supposed to. And this this is the longest gym in the game. Okay. Um, so it's got five trials you have to go through in order to get to the final boss. Um, and you're told at the beginning, once you start, if you stop or fail any of the trials, you have to start over. Fuck that. And... Theo gets there at the same time as you sure. and you're basically told that you guys have to go through the trial solo and then at the end you team up to fight the gym leader okay so that's cool two on one gym leader battle that's neat uh, yeah it was so it was really cool because at this point in, at this point in the story Theo's story arc has come along where he's like getting more confident in himself and kind of is starting to see himself as an equal to you sure. and is starting to act like an equal to you 
and is starting to like have some balls and finally so, yeah so like this is really cool because it's like fuck yeah dude i'll meet you with this i'll meet you with the boss and then he just runs off into the room and you're like okay cool i'll uh i'll see you on the other side theo it only took seven gems it's fine yeah well it's you'll understand why when we start talking about the story because i i basically briefly will mention the uh the gems in the uh sure in the thing so th this is the seventh gem so so the first trial you have is the trial of strength where you just move blocks around to get them out of the way so you can walk from one end to the other one and right. like I don't know how you could possibly fail this one. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you get stuck. Like, I don't think it's possible. I think you can actually make mistakes on this puzzle and still solve it. Like, it's that. Oh, nice. Because, you know, normally if there's a puzzle where it's like there's four or five stones and if you move them in the wrong order, you have to like leave and come back to reset it if you screw right, up. Right. Like, I don't, I think you could screw up and like still totally pass the puzzle. Okay, fair enough. Um, Then next is the trial of wisdom which is literally just like a maze on the floor like you enter at one point and there's just like a little path you have to walk and it branches off in certain ways and sure it's it's just one room okay i i went the wrong way once fair enough and then solved it i mean it's it's basically i i kind of made a note that it's a lot like you know corn mazes at halloween like it's yeah. it's super easy you just keep walking and eventually you'll find it there's no tricks Nothing super surprising. It's just so, kind of, hey, we're here. Uh, oh, Let's go. and uh, so something else to mention: you have to fight a graybeard acolyte at the end of each one of the trials. Like, so oh, okay. you get to the end, and before he'll let you out of the room, you have to fight him. And and he's his arrangement of Pokemon is allegedly has something to do with the trial. I, whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so next came the trial of adaptability, which okay. is a slide around on ice puzzle just like the uh vincetti gym because of course yeah when i think adaptable i think of sliding on ice yep and then then came the trial of faith which had more invisible bridges like the vinoville gym <laughs> like the, the leap of faith in indiana jones yep um and these were a lot more difficult than the original Okay. That they should at least the end of difficulty yeah, yeah it, it this this one ramped up a lot and again because i was on running like i fell off way more times than i probably should have and it was getting annoying um but yeah then the last one is the trial of truth where like literally you just walk in a straight line until you fight the acolyte at the end well i guess they didn't want to bullshit with a lot of other shit <laughs> and you also get told beforehand that you're not allowed to use any items in the battle versus the dude, but like I totally used a hyper potion to heal one of my Pokemon and it didn't stop me and he didn't make any comment about it. So it might've okay. just been a bug. Like, I don't Maybe. know. Probably was. But yeah. I totally healed myself and it, I had no problem. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, you team up with Theo at the end and this was the fight that I was talking about earlier that just really fucking annoyed me because okay. of the weird type advantage shit. Oh, yeah. Because everything was super effective, literally almost no matter what Pokemon you had in. Like, and at this point, like these were level 50 Pokemon and I was level 70 and they were one still one-shotting me. Damn. And I, it was just really obnoxious. Like, 
Hope you had a bunch of revives. I did. I had okay, good. 99 of them. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had 99 revives and 99 hyper potions. Doesn't surprise me. I All probably right, should have gotten myself some max revives at some point in time, but I didn't want to do the hassle. I just wanted to beat the damn game. Yeah, I don't blame you. There's one more uh, town with the, well, one more gym, and it's with uh, Hinata and Kaito. Apparently, they're day and night. So, yeah. So one of them has, so it's a uh, Tsukunami town. Um, okay. And part of the mythology of this game is that there were two, once upon a time, there were two Pokemon that created everything. Sure. And, like every other game. Yeah. And, you know, one of them was, one of them was day, one of them was night. Um, I think they're the last two Pokemon in the Pokedex. There's, uh, okay. Aot Aotius and Mutios. And yeah. Bless so, you. Exactly. So in this gym, Hanata is basically like a priestess of Aotius, and Kaito is like a priest of Mutios. And okay. so one of them represents day and the other one represents night. And like <laughs> all of their Pokemon are daytime Pokemon or nighttime Pokemon. So like all of his are dark types ah, and stuff like that. And all, of, all of hers have, you know, light and sun related abilities. It's, it's, sure, kind, of, sure. it's kind of really weird. Um, and this one is the most unique puzzle in the game, probably. Mm -hmm. So basically the floor is a bunch of white and black tiles and every okay. time you step on one it flips over it's cute so, yeah so if it's a white tile you step on it it flips to black if it's a black yeah. tile you step on it it flips to white so because this is all about balance you have to make the floor tiles equal each other so in like the first room there's 20 floor tiles and mm -hmm. 10 of them need to be white 10 of them need to be black it doesn't matter which ones are which, just as long right. as 10 or 10 and 10. It, 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 there has to be balance. Okay. But basically, the easiest way to make balance, apparently, in all of these rooms is to just draw yin-yang symbols. Of course. Yeah, it's it's the weird, like, all of the, the walkthrough of stuff, because I was like, oh, God, this is just annoying. Can I just can I just get a walkthrough to show me how to beat this real quick? And uh, sure. you know, basically, all of the pictures were like, dude, just fucking draw yin-yang. Okay, why not? Yeah, there's actually one on the floor like in the first room you walk in so it is there as like a hint but gotcha whatever. but yeah there's you repeat it three times with larger rooms and more tiles and then the boss fight is really weird because it's it's also kind of a neat thing like the last one where you it was 2v1 yeah. um this one is one versus two so is you can choose which of the two bosses to fight first okay and so say you pick i picked hanada first um mm -hmm. so, so you fight her and she has four pokemon mm -hmm. and then as soon as you finish fighting her you walk over and start fighting kaito like it auto walks you over and you start fighting him so it oh. essentially ends up being eight pokemon versus your six. Oh, that blows which is cool like it's it's uh it's just a slightly harder fight i guess but hmm. yeah, you end up rocking stuff. And then the championship is a little weird because it's a tournament and you end up fighting four rounds. I think you fight right. three people and then you're in the championship match. Mm -hmm. So, and then, All right. 
you can probably guess who you fight in the championship. Theo? Yep. <laughs> Shrug? Okay. Spoilers? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At this point, spoilers? Yeah. Okay. So now we're gonna we're gonna go into the story, and there are a couple of pages of notes about the story. A couple? There's we're only eight. on page six of fourteen. Yes, I was gonna say there's eight. So grab a drink. We may be here a while. Yeah. Um, this should go pretty quick because I'm basically just going to, they're kind of bullet points for things for me to hit. Cause I'm basically just going to tell a story. And if Paul asks a question, uh, so I'll, I'll answer it. And he's going to describe some Pokemon because it's, yes. it's fun that way. <laughs> so, in, so in this way, audience, I'm going to be basically your analog. If I don't understand something or if I'm not familiar with what's going on with the story, I'm just going to basically ask questions. So hopefully I asked all the questions you have. And if I don't, uh, we'll have all the stuff at the end so you can write into us. And to put it into perspective, Paul played halfway through the first page. Yep. If that. Because <laughs> halfway down the first page is beat gym number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that, that kind of puts it into perspective of like how little of the story he got to see in his, what he played, which is a shame because, like I said, I, I, not not just for this podcast, like I wanted to do it for the podcast too, but like mm-hmm. I wanted to see the end of the story because I wanted but to see how it ended. The podcast was a convenient excuse for Dan to yeah. play the game. Yes, it was a very convenient excuse because I probably wouldn't have done it otherwise. Let's probably be, not. Let's be honest. Um. So, like I said, I, yeah, there's there's just way too much grindy shit getting mm-hmm. in the way, which is sad because great story. It really so, is. The beginning of the game, you get some backstory. You get the fact, like, so ten years ago in Beale Beach City, your parents and Theo's dad worked at uh, Power Plant Epsilon, mm-hmm. and it was a giant nuclear reactor. And there was a meltdown and an explosion and it blew up and your mom was inside when it blew up and your dad survived and Theo's dad, Cameron survived and your dad kind of grew really cold and distant and buried himself into his work with the Rangers. And you got shipped off to Moki town to live with your aunt in like this tiny ass backwater village with Theo. One cool thing I did like about this game was that it actually showed Pokemon Rangers in the game as opposed to being a separate game that you somehow become a Pokemon Ranger. You don't really see them in other Pokemon games. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And the first thing, my first thing, you know, thing in this game was like, holy crap, the story is dark as fuck already. (laughs) Yeah, it got pretty dark pretty freaking quick. Like, yep. First thing you get told in the game, your mom's dead. Like, she died. Yeah. Because it's a game. For kids, giant nuclear you know, reactor kids. blew up. Yeah. Well, this one's probably not for kids. This one's probably for adults. Because it's a game for kids. <laughs> yeah. So, and then as we mentioned before, when you're getting your Pokemon from Professor Bambo. Yeah. How, how would you pronounce his name? It's B A M B apostrophe O. That's pretty much how I pronounced it. I just I, yeah. I just didn't really pay much attention to it. He's just that guy who gives me things. Yeah, the the professor. But yeah, yeah. Professor Bambo uh, gives you your Pokemon and gives Theo his Pokemon. And then is like, Theo's like, fuck yeah, let's fight. 
And uh, Preston's not in the lab, not in the lab, not in the lab. And then yeah. he does, Theo fights you anyway, and you kick his ass, and then he runs home crying. He gets his him. ass thoroughly kicked <laughs> because you're you have the type advantage, so you just like, oh, okay, you're dead now. Yeah, kind of and, point, and he falls over. Yeah. So and yeah, like you literally one hit him in the first fight. Like the, if you pick a fire type move, he dies in the first hit, and then just like runs off crying, and you have to go home and coddle him, and your mom gets mad at your aunt gets mad at you, and like, oh, it's so funny. Like it's just I like mean, really, dude, come on. I mean, come on you're using a grass type and you expect me to not use ember yeah like but <laughs> it's so funny because he's he's got like all these aspirations of being like the best pokemon trainer in the world and and, and he's younger than you too so i mean because in, in this game you are theoretically 11 years old or so mm -hmm. 11 12 maybe something like that yeah i mean and theo is a couple of years younger than you yeah, he's. It, it, I don't think it ever said. You're kids. Yeah, you're literal kids. So his reaction is completely understandable. Yeah. Um. So at that point, you spend some time grinding through like the first gym, and after the first gym, you run into Theo and kick his ass again, and he gives you Rock Smash from the professor, so you can break rocks, and then a letter from the professor saying he wants to see you, and you go back through. And because you have to go back through Moki to get to the next gym, you just, you know, stop there and then you run off and you, you beat gym two. And as you notice, there's not a lot of plot here because there's no fucking plot here. Like, it's just, you're literally running around grinding shit. Um, you run into every single trainer ever. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so on the way to the third gym, you pass through Comet Cave or near mm -hmm. Comet Cave, and something crazy is going on in Comet Cave, and Theo is there, and a ranger's like, you can't go in there, you're too young, which is like the story of Theo's fucking life. Like, he's just like, you're too young to do this, and then you show up, and they're like, okay, cool, yeah, you can go in, and he's like, what the fuck, dude? You know, like, like literally, that's Theo's story for 90% of the game, which is kind of funny. Um, so, the two, Theo talks your way in, which is kind of funny, and Wait, Theo up. talks your way in? Yes. So so you okay. show you show up and the guy and and the guy's like, Yeah, you know, it's not safe in there. You guys can't go in there alone. And Theo's like, Well, chop for me, chop's here. So we can both we can totally go in there. We'll be fine. And you know, you're like, Yeah, we'll we'll be fine. And he's like, All right, fine. If as long as you two stay together, you guys can go in. And uh so you guys go in and you get to the end of the cave and there's this giant ass earthquake and Theo gets scared and runs away, leaving you to fight a Turlard all by yourself. And Paul, all right, all right, all right. Would, you, would you please regale our audience with the description of Turlard? They call it a worm, but it's like a worm bred with a lizard at, that somehow had two heads and two tails. I'm, I, I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. <laughs> and it's a ground slash dragon type. Yes. Figure that shit out. Yeah. So Turlard was a staple in my group for okay. like the entire game. Okay. Like I, I had a Turlard in my party from the minute I picked up whatever it's original version is that i don't remember what it's called it's called a grozard grozard yeah. yeah which which is i remember having a grozard 
Yeah. Because it's literally just kind of a dick sticking out of the ground. Yeah. Kind of. That's what it looks like from behind. A little bit. But yeah. I, I no, like... no, 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 no. That's exactly what it looks like from behind. Like a fleshy penis sticking out of the ground with a few spines coming out of it. Yeah, you should see the shiny version. <laughs> shiny happy penis, I guess. It's carrying cool. on. Um, yeah, so so the so you end up <laughs> Paul is dying over there, I think. Um, I'm trying to figure out the hell my cat's doing. Okay. That, you know, the usual. Uh, so that yeah, as you head you're heading through Beale Beach City, you pass through a place called uh Rockfell Town, I think. R O C H F A L E. I don't I have no idea. Rock That's how I pronounce it. Uh so it's home of the Cypress Pokemon Lab, which is a, a a lab that is partnered up with Professor Bambo in his lab. Sure. But it, there's like literally a sign on the door saying it's closed due to an emergency. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess okay. I, won't, I won't talk to anyone at the lab. And then, so you're like, well, fuck it. I'll leave, I'll leave this town and head towards Beale Beach City and go to the gym. And uh, so... You, as you're leaving the town, you run into Professor Bambo, who's heading into the town to go help with this emergency at Cypress Lab. So he's like, hey, sure. come with me and help with this emergency. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, so someone has broken into the lab and stolen all of their Pokemon. Okay. But not a weird prototype device they're working on called the Pokemon Speech Translator, which lets you understand Pokemon. And so I'm just going to call this thing the PST from now on because... It comes up a bit. Um, so, yeah. So, so you're you. They tell you to go track down the thief who's they think is in a nearby cave, and they give you a prototype of the PST to test it out and see if it helps you as you're tracking this dude down. Sure. And, and there's a bunch of angry Pokemon running around that you can actually talk to, and like. I mean, you've seen the things in town where there was like someone sitting and a Pokemon sitting next to them. You could walk up to the Pokemon and talk to the Pokemon with the PSC, yeah. which is kind of cool. Oh, really? That's nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, eventually, you you find out that there's a Pokemon called Garlicid that freed the Pokemon because he's a Pokemon superhero and Pokemon shouldn't be slaves to humans. So he's Captain America, <laughs> but Cap garlic. He's Captain Pokemon. <laughs> no, he's Captain Garlic. Yes. So after you beat Garlicid, like all of the Pokemon that he stole from the lab, like break out and go back to the lab. And Garlicid's like, what the hell? Pokemon are friends with humans and not slaves? Like, and like, yeah, of course, Garlic Kid. What the hell's wrong with you? And I have a note here that this is like some really, really good foreshadowing, but it's very like if you weren't paying attention later, you wouldn't notice that this was really good foreshadowing. So he threatens to be back and runs away. And when after you kind of return all the Pokemon and tell them what happened, they're like, hey, why don't you hang on to that prototype of the PST? And, you know, maybe, you know, you can tell us more about how it works and whatever. And you're like, okay, cool. Thanks. I'm going going to the gym now because still haven't had any main plot yet. Yeah, not a surprise. Like that that's part of a side quest that ties into the main plot later, which is kind of funny. Still not a surprise. But I I'm genuinely surprised that you just can't capture Garlic Kid there and make the entire thing moot. It'll make nope. me happy. Unfortunately, nope. that's not happening. 
He's a legendary. Yeah. Which is fun. He's a legendary. Like, yeah. He's not just a normal Pokemon. So, yeah, you get to Bill Beach City and you walk up to the third gym and you literally go to walk in the door of the third gym and the game goes, Hey, my dad works here. I should probably go talk to him. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. I just want to beat the stupid gym. Yep. So you have to detour and go to Ranger headquarters and you start talking to your dad. Well, you first you walk in the door and everyone freaks out when they see you. They go like, oh shit, we have to tell Kellen you're here. And they like run off to find your dad. But why? Because they weren't expecting you to walk in the door. And your dad like yeah. your dad walks in and is like, you know, like, whoa, you know, hey, dude, you know, I wasn't expecting to see you here. What, What's up? How, how's it going? And it's very awkward. And he's like making excuses about how he never comes to visit. <laughs> like, he's not a great father figure. Not a surprise. Yeah. Not a surprise. Um, so he kind of tell, tells you about the fact that... uh a new power plant epsilon is about to come online and your dad being you know your awesome neglectful dad sends you on a fedex quest to take a letter to power plant epsilon sure why the fuck not and you still can't go in the gym like i tried you have you have to go to power plant epsilon you can't go to the gym yeah so you go to power plant epsilon and run into cameron which is Theo's dad. And Theo shows up okay. on the island too, which is kind of funny. Sure. Um, and you give the letter to Cameron and he reads it. And apparently your dad thought you might like to see the ruins of the old power plant where your mom disappeared. Yeah, I want to see my mom's fucking grave. For, sure. uh, you know, closure or something. <laughs> I guess. And, sure. and Cameron tells you that the radiation is gone, so it's safe. And like so radiation went away in 10 years no yeah so this is the start of like the people who made this game really don't, don't understand science well they don't understand how radiation works yeah <laughs> yeah and there, there's a lot of this later on in the game like it, it gets worse which is kind of funnier oh, but wonderful like it's one of those like it's a story uh, i'll believe right yeah. um Something strange about the Pokemon here. And this is your introduction to the radioactive or nuclear type Pokemon. Like they're all the weird black and green stuff. And they're just there. And they're kind of they're kind of cool looking. They're kind of hard to <laughs> Paul cheated and looked at a Pokemon. That was that noise. That was my salt levels rising, is what that yes, was. There, there's there's reason for the saltiness. Yeah. You should, you should describe the nuclear version of it. Because it's funnier that way. Okay. Um, so Cameron shows you the old power plant and tells you that everything inside of it has been destroyed. So there's no point in looking, but suggests that you go look anyway to get closure and uh, that you might find something and that it's dangerous, but you should still go look. Like, mm -hmm. okay. Um, and then Theo's there, but his dad's like, oh, it's good to see you. And then like, Go back to Beale Beach City. And he's like, but why does why does Chop get to explore the ruins? And he's like, because his dad says he can. It's yep. too dangerous. Go just go, just go home. <laughs> like, and 
and so Theo's like whines a bunch and then because Theo. Yeah, and then goes to Bill Beach City and goes and fights in the gym. Um yeah. so in, in the plant you find a, a burned out notebook and like there's pages all over the place talking about some experiments, but like they're all burned up so you can't read all of the text. Um but you kind of get the gist that like some kind of weird experiment was going on in there and you get to the bottom of the plant and there's a giant stasis tank down in the bottom mm-hmm. and there's a computer next to it and it gives you an option to turn the stasis tank off because what? why wouldn't you yeah so when you turn the stasis tank off it start the computer starts like flashing a big big error and radiation starts going all crazy in the power plant and you like basically kind of fall through the floor Mm-hmm. And you get attacked by a giant radioactive topint. Topint? Top tropint? Tropint. 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 <laughs> yeah. And Paul, would you describe a radioactive tropint for people? Uh, I'm just gonna describe it in general. Remember Birdo from Super Mario Brothers 2? That's literally what the fucking thing is. Because it literally says Birdo Pokemon there. <laughs> yes. You, you, there is a Birdo Pokemon in this game. Sure. Uh, this I is my favorite part. You, you describing the Pokemon, I think, is my favorite part of this so far. Hmm. So you beat the Pokemon, you get radiation sickness, and you pass out. And you wake up in the rest house next to the new power plant. And like, so they basically, you had a GPS tracker on you that they gave you before you went in. And so they came and rescued you. And at that point, Cameron says like, okay, well, now we know the old power plant is too dangerous and it's, it's time for us to demolish it. So uh, no one's allowed back in it anymore. And you, you can't, even if you try, you can't get down there. So, Mm -hmm. so you go to the, you go back to the town and you go to Beale Beach City and you go to the gym and you beat Callie and as you're leaving you and Theo kind of meet out on the road and you're you're talking about the gym battle and stuff and there's a giant explosion off to the east wonderful and power plant epsilon has blown off like just blown up like the whole reactor is gone again and your dad kind of runs past cuz you're between the town and where the little ferry is to get out to the uh mm. get out to the power plant sure and your dad runs by and like hey you know we're gonna go help at the power plant you and theo need to get somewhere safe so he gives you guys tickets for a ferry boat to get to vinoville okay. and it's just like here just get the hell out of here and we're gonna go help uh with the power plant and so you go to try to get to the boat and there's like radioactive Pokemon all over the beach now where there weren't before due to this explosion. Yeah. So, so basically you fight your way over and uh, a ranger joins up with you to help you get to the boat. Mm-hmm. And as you're trying to get to the boat, a giant radioactive Gyarados shows up and the ranger runs away like a little bitch. <laughs> and then I accidentally killed the Gyarados. I was trying to so hard to catch him and I accidentally oh, killed him and it made me sad. Because I wanted a radioactive Gyarados. Sure. Uh, so you get on a cruise ship. And this is where 
Theo's story really begins. So this is like the actual start of the plot is like just this stuff. Like this is the start of the real plot of the game, which is where it's like, wow, that was really fucking cool. Like, okay, what else yeah. is going to happen? So Theo is a fucking wreck on the boat. Like he's crying and he doesn't know whether his dad is dead or not. Um, and he talks about fighting you and he's just like, I, you know, I guess we could fight to pass the time if you want to. But, you know, he doesn't want to fight. Like, he just, he's too worried and he's upset. And the, of course, you can't leave the ship until you fight fucking Theo because you can't. Like, the game won't let you. So so you fight Theo. I was like, fuck yeah, I don't have to fight Theo. And then like, oh, of course I have to fight Theo. This is fucking annoying. Um, So, yeah. So you get to Vinoville, you beat the gym in Vinoville. And on the way out of the gym, a ranger runs up to you and goes like hey i think your friend needs some help he's by the gate of town and you're like all right and you go over there and like just theo is full-on having a breakdown in the middle of the street because his dad hasn't called him since the explosion happened at the power plant okay yeah i can understand that so he's just you know he's what like 10 and just yeah fucking bawling in the middle of the street because his dad still hasn't called and yeah, like you, you get some sympathy for the kid. Like, sure, you know, it's totally understandable. He's he's a, he's a whiny little kid, whatever. But you know, but he's still a little kid. His and his dad probably just died, and he doesn't know what the hell is going on. And a second huge explosion happens to the north. Okay. And rain. The Rangers evacuate Vinoville, and you all get flown out of uh, Vinoville to heading towards a place called Legion Town. Okay. And there's actually a cutscene here where it shows a forest and like a big giant fire in the background of the forest and like you on the back of a Pokemon flying over the trees. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just see just this giant fire with a bunch of smoke and stuff. Uh, and then once you're in Legion, the Rangers like kind of tells everyone what happened and that another power plant, nuclear power plant Zeta had a meltdown and there's fallout all over route eight and all over Vinoville and the Rangers are just evacuating everyone. And this is actually the point in the game where you can use those subways that you found earlier. Cause he like gives people subway tickets so they can go talk, visit their family if they need to mm-hmm. in other areas of Tandor, which is the name of the region that this game takes place in. Sure. And then they ask for, capable hands to help battling nuclear Pokemon that are on Route 11 north of town. So you go, all right, cool. I'll uh, I'll go help with uh, Route 11 because mm-hmm. of course you're going to. So yeah, your, your dad is leading the Rangers that are on Route 11 and Route 11 is like all tall grass. There is nothing in there that is not tall grass. So it's, again, super obnoxious because it's mm. constant random battles. Um, Angry just thinking about it. Yeah. So this one's actually kind of cool because you end up fighting alongside your dad. Like Kellen, cool. Kellen joins yeah. you, and you're fighting side by side with your dad, which is kind of you know interesting. Yeah. For the story. Um. So you save some Pokemon. You save a bunch of Rangers. You you basically save everyone because eventually your dad's Pokemon get so much radiation sickness that they can't keep fighting. So you have to like do it all by yourself because you're a badass. Mm-hmm. Even though you're like. 12 yeah so your dad 
as a thank you gives you uh, an HM for strength, which lets you push boulders around. Sure. Smashing little rocks. Um, and then he tells you where the next gym is, and you head there, and you beat the Amatry gym um, after a whole bunch of dumb shit where, like, the gym leader, like, went down into this giant anthill to, like, train, and you have to go rescue him before you're allowed to fight in the gym. Yeah, this is the shit that happens. You get there, and you're like, hey, I'm ready to take on this gym, and they're like, uh, yeah, the gym leader's not here right now. He's He's been gone for, like, a week. He's he's off. Can we leave a fucking message? I mean, come <laughs> on, guys. Get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, so this is, like, the stuff that kept happening. So, so after you beat the gym, Theo shows up, and says it basically is just like, oh hey man, you know, I bet you've already beaten the gym, right? And like the way he's talking, you're just like, something's okay, different. Bro? Yeah, it's like so- something is different. He's not comparing himself to you anymore. He's not being like super competitive. He's he's like, hey, he's you not know? overcompensating. Yeah, he's like, he's not trying to beat you anymore. Yeah, I guess is the best way to to frame it like but yeah he's so he's changing and it's kind of interesting to see and so he's like hey you know professor bambo gave me something for you but uh i want to try fighting you before i give it to you and you're like all right cool whatever and you know he's got some he's got some new pokemon which are kind of interesting um and when he when he loses he doesn't get upset he's just like he's like ah cool here you go man and he gives you surf so you can get to the next gym which is you know you need surf to get to the next gym Makes sense. Um, and then on the way to the next gym while you're surfing over the ocean you get jumped by this game's version of team rocket which paul is already hanging his head because he sees the name of them and i told him about yeah. these guys the other day they're called the surfing ninjas and they're apparently they're all named after uh things except for one of them one of them's name is ronin but all of the rest are named after things from Naruto, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I found that out while I was uh, doing some research okay. on that wiki. Yeah, so Why they're not? all named after Naruto people. Um, but yeah, so so you beat the surfing ninjas, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna send our buddies after you, and you're gonna be in real trouble next time." And then their buddies show up, and you beat them, and they're like, "Yeah, just wait till our boss hears about this. He's gonna come kick your ass." And you're like, "Okay." And then their boss shows up and, and he's the Hokage of the ninja tribe, which is, you know, the leader in Naruto is the Hokage. True. Um, and so he shows up and you beat him. And then he's like, well, as is tradition, you beat me. So you're the Hokage now. And you're like, Shrug. okay. And, the, and, the, and then he just leaves. And all of the ninjas are sitting there looking at you like, I, I guess, well, we'll see you around, man. And then you leave. And then they leave. And then you're like, okay, I guess I'm the leader of the surfing ninjas now. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on, but okay. So yeah, that seems then, kind of shoehorned in. Well, they come into play later, which is really funny. The surfing ninjas are from the last town in the game. The uh, Suki, whatever. Yeah, the, the one with the, the two light and dark. Yeah, Suki Nami. Yeah. Then you had to. Vene- Vanessi, fucking names in this game. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you you head to Vanessi City and you beat that gym and you get a call from the professor to let you know about the last two gyms because mm-hmm. one of them is basically to the north of the city and the other one's to the south. 
but the South one isn't going to let you in until you've proven yourself, which means beating all of the other gyms. Um, so you have to go to the one up North and then he's like, uh, you should go meet Theo by a cave on the way to the next gym. And yeah, you, you go up and meet him and you beat Jim, you beat him again. And he's actually got a radioactive Pokemon at this point. Like, yeah, one of his Pokemon that he has is radioactive and it's like, Hmm, okay, that's cool. Sure. Like, because he didn't have one before, like, so it's just kind of interesting. Um, and you you kind of set out on your way, and you pass through this little town called Silverport. And there's a Pokemon lab there, and you're like, okay, cool, Pokemon lab. Let's check out this Pokemon lab. And this is a private lab owned by a dude named Professor Larkspur. And okay. as you're you're kind of talking to people there, like things just seem a little weird and there's a Pokemon sitting in the back and people are like poking and prodding it and shit. And you you can walk up and use the PST on the Pokemon. And he tells you that basically like they keep hurting him and he needs help. And you're like, uh, okay. And the lab workers absolutely flip the fuck out when you use the, the speech translator on the Pokemon. So and, I assume that they are the ones who are hearing him as well. Well, yeah. Well, they heard you through the speech translator. Okay. And they kick you out. Sure. They, they're just like, get the hell out of our lab. Okay. And, and so you leave and you're like, okay, that that was a little weird. So you go to, there's a cave like in the back of the town that you have to go through to get to the next place. So you go to like head to the cave and a bunch of thugs jump out and surround you and punch you in the face and knock you out. Wonderful. And you wake up in a jail cell and they've stolen all your Pokemon and Professor Larkspur is there and he's got the PST in his hand and he tells you this big sob story about like that his lab is in debt and blah 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 he's out of money and he owes a lot of people a lot of money and they're the people you don't want to owe money to of and course that he's going to use this speech translator to get out of debt because he knows like the the chick at the other lab who made the speech translator mm-hmm. and so they're going to reverse engineer it and that they're uh and he talks about like that they're working on a machine that will let pokemon trainers suppress their pokemon's will and just like blindly follow commands and you're like oh that's weird doesn't seem right at all yeah and they basically he tells you that once they reverse engineer the the speech translator they'll let you go and if you really behave they might even give you your pokemon back Mm, dick bags basically after he leaves, you notice like there's some cracks in the back wall of your cell and there's like nothing you could do. There's like a sink you can interact with. There's a toilet, there's your bed and there's the cracks on the wall. So once you go to sleep, you get woken up by some, by this thug with a bunch of food and there's a note under the plate that tells you that like, if you just hit the wall really hard, you can break it because the this place is really cheaply made True. and uh, and it gives you a passcode. It says like the passcode is zero nine two and you're like, okay sure all right and so you you bust a hole through the wall and it goes to another cell block in this place and garlic kid is stuck in a cell there god damn it and he points you he's like you can't talk to him now because you don't have the speech translator but he's like point points to a terminal on the wall because he has arms and hands yep and you 
you go to the terminal and it gives you, there's like a couple of options and there's like reports and some other stuff and then uh, opening the cell doors. But like you start looking at the stuff that's archived on there and it's mm -hmm. looks like a lot of the pages that were burned in the back in the power plant. Like it's basically the same stuff. Like you can just read it all now, except for uh, there's a doctor whose name is redacted. So it's like Doctor XXXXXXX because they don't want you to know who the doctor is that's working with them because they're trying to hide it. Sure. Um, so basically, you like one of the things that it says at one point in time. Like one of the things that's kind of really ominous. That's like was kind of cool to read. Was like so. This is a direct quote of one of the the entries. Was Lab 2 and codename 092 have been terminated. The radiation will keep the area isolated. Dr. XXX has been lost as well. Project 092 has been put on indefinite suspension. So, like, shady shit was going down wherever this Lab 2 was, which... I already guessed the plot. <laughs> yep. This is about where I figured out a lot of it. Too. Yeah. Um, so you you kind of find out that so it's an island research center, which sounds a lot like it was probably on Power Plant Epsilon, and Larkspur remotely self-destructed Lab Two. Like you find concrete evidence that Larkspur pushed the button to blow up the lab. I'm not so, surprised. So literally, Larkspur killed your mom. Yeah. So. After guessing the plot, so that explosion that occurred 10 years ago caused a lot of radiation. That was your mom doing all these experimentations. Dr. XXXXXXXXXX is your mama. Yeah, the explosion was caused by Larkspur blowing up the lab to cover his tracks because right. someone had been poking around and figured out the existence of the lab and they were covering their tracks by blowing it up. Sure. Um. So after you open the cages, Garlic Kid joins you as your sole Pokemon and you fight your way out. Like, so you head to your cell and he actually bends the bars on your cell to get out, which I don't know why he couldn't bend the bars on his cell to get out, but you know, whatever. So yeah, but he like totally hulks out. It's like, rah, and then like rips the bars open and you can just walk through the bars. It's really funny. Because plot device. Yes, exactly. The narrative got him. Um, if you've read Red Shirts, that's a... Uh, not yet. Joke from Red Shirts. It's actually a pretty good book. But um, so I've yeah. heard. Yeah. So yeah. So you you find your stuff in your Pokemon on the way out, and you kick kick Larkspur's ass, and then Garlic Kid joins your party because he sees how good you treat Pokemon, and he knows you're a good dude. Hooray! Yay! So then you go to the. Uh, Skyrim gym. <laughs> yeah. And you you and Theo team up and beat that gym and learn to mega evolve your starters and you kick his ass mega evolved too. <laughs> because because why not? Because he's weak to your Pokemon. <laughs> Again. Even mega evolve. Um mm -hmm. and after you learn to mega evolve, Bambo flies in on a Pokemon to meet you guys and upgrade your Pokedex to include all of the Mega Evolution stuff. Sure. And, and then it gives you an HM for dive so you can literally so you can find rare Pokemon on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. Apparently that's where rare Pokemon hide. I guess. Um, I mean, that's pretty much where rare animals hide now too. So yep. 
I will. And then he warns you about pirates on the ocean to the south. Okay. Yeah. And you're not? like, okay, pirates, whatever. So you head to Silverport, and there's a boat on Silverport that goes to uh, Venesi City. Like, mm -hmm. So you get quick travel between the two after you've already traveled once. You know, standard RPG fare. Yeah. Um, there's an old man in front of the boat and you go to talk to him and he's talking to you about some stuff and about, you know, going on this little boat trip. And then he accidentally said something in pirate speak and then just is like, ah, God damn it. I blew my cover and just goes full pirate and then attacks you because he's, you know, incognito and he was trying to rob you by getting you to go on his boat. Fair and, enough. Uh, and yeah, you kick his ass and he runs away. And then later on, as you're going on the ocean, he and one of his pirate buddies jump you because he recognizes you. It's like, hey, there's that chump. Let's go kick his ass. And like, so they attack you and you you beat him again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, we're going to go get our boss. And then you're really going to be sorry. And then the surfing ninjas show up. <laughs> and they're like, the pirates are basically are both like ah shit it's the surfing ninjas and yes there's a ninja versus pirates fight and the ninjas win that was painful oh it was so the whole it was all to set up a ninjas versus pirate joke okay and it was it was fantastic it made me laugh a lot when i realized that was going on and then they're like hey we'll meet you at the dojo in town and then they leave for tsukunami city so you, you beat the gym in Tsukunami and Bambo calls you and tells you about the championship. And then while he's telling you about where to go for the championship, he basically gets call waiting. Like like a phone call comes in. He's like, oh, hey, hold on. Ranger HQ is calling me. And then like as he's trying to do that, a ranger walks up to you and is like, hey, the town is in danger. Uh, we need to get you guys out of here. And, Again? Pe and people are like, hell no we're gonna stay and fight we don't care what kind of danger this town is in and he's like no we have to get the hell out of here and uh basically there's a suspected uh, they've been tipped off anonymously that nuclear plant omicron is going to be attacked and yeah. blown up which is Delightful. near which is near this town so people are like oh okay never mind the plant's gonna blow up we, we don't want any part of that shit so they all leave <laughs> sure after after the two gym leaders who basically are the kind of the king and queen of the town for lack of a better term mm -hmm. uh, they're the head of the two families basically sure yeah they, they're basically like no we just need to leave like there's no reason to fight this let's we're going to go and we're going to get the hell out of here the ranger is is evacuating everyone else and like stops you and is like hey your dad wants you at the at the power plant to help so you need to come with me so you're like all right cool so you you go out to the power plant to help uh and so the rangers are basically just like kind of playing tower defense with the lab. So they're trying to keep the radioactive Pokemon from getting to the lab. Sure. So, so a lot of the ninjas actually go to the lab to help too. Like, so okay. they're like so a lot of them go, Hey, we're going to like, fuck this. We're not running. We're going to help. So they come to, um, and Theo shows up to help also. Nice. And, and Theo is basically just like, I, I think he even says like 
come get some or something like oh no he, he says come at me bro like real loud to the nuclear pokemon like so he grows some balls and he's just like fuck no we're not going to defend we're going to go kick the shit out of them and like runs off to fight nuclear pokemon which is kind of funny so again you like a lot like the route 11 earlier like you you run around and you basically save everyone like go go person to person helping each person um and then things get crazier and crazier until you're you and a couple of other rangers get backed against the door of the power plant and like have three pokemon like kind of cornering you mm-hmm. and then they run away and people are like what the fuck why did they just run away that's really weird and then like this giant green light shoots out of the top of the power plant and uh there's a big explosion and like flames come out of the windows and stuff like it's not the plant blowing up it's just a explosion inside the power plant i don't know mm-hmm. um, and then a trainer and a giant Pokemon come out of the front doors and demand that the Rangers give them a bunch of enriched uranium fuel or everyone dies. Okay. And this Pokemon has a really weird name. He's also the Pokemon featured on the title screen of the game. Okay. Paul, do me a favor and describe this weird Pokemon. This is a robot. It's a floating robot. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's literally a floating robot. There's no legs. It's just kind of floating on rings and has arms. It's a floating robot. Yeah. And he's green and black. Because yeah, he's, because he's, it's nuclear, I guess. Nuclear Pokemon, yeah. That's so, a, oh, come on. Uh-oh. That's not right. What's His that? mega ability is Chernobyl. Yes. His mega ability is Chernobyl? That is just in poor taste. <laughs> I like that that's what you choose to be in poor taste. How is that not in poor taste? Oh, I'm not saying it's not in poor taste. Geiger sense? Sure. Geiger counters make sense. They're not at all offensive. Chernobyl is the mega ability. That is just in poor taste. Okay. So, yep, yep. So, your dad, Kellen, stands up to the, the trainer who comes out who calls itself Curie in all caps. Mm-hmm. Curie. And Curie orders the nuclear Pokemon whose name is apparently the only way I can make this pronounce this is Urane. Yeah, like uranium. Yes. But it's really easy to just call him urine, and then that just takes literally takes the piss out of him and uh like you just can't take him seriously after that point. Sure. Um so yeah, so he tells Urane to kill kellen and he gives kellen a giant dose of like radiation poisoning Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden cameron swoops in on the back of a giant legendary pokemon and tells curie to stand down i guess and and everyone's like how the fuck are you alive Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so curie thought that cameron was dead like she's like you we thought you were dead or something something along those lines like that kind of trope stereotype thing right of course Uh, so cameron basically says that like lets everyone know that like hey there's nothing to worry about because he removed all of the uranium from the omicron plant okay and he was the anonymous anonymous source that tipped off the rangers that these these two were going to be there um so theo jumps out and is like dad 
oh my god i can't believe you're alive kind of yeah, a thing yeah, yeah and his dad is like what the fuck are you doing here theo and curry goes Haha, this is your son oh awesome hey <laughs> urane <laughs> kill the kid <laughs> and urane goes to shoot theo and cameron jumps in the way and barely survives and then curie jumps on urane and they teleport away like just poof they're gone sure why not yep and so the rangers kind of take everyone to ranger hq to get medical treatment and now they finally give you the ability to fly because they're fucking dicks <laughs> perfect yeah so you've beaten all eight gyms at this point and now you can finally fly to wherever you want in the game basically that's not irritating at all yep and this is where you finally thought you had two to five hours left. Yeah. God. So this is the point where I told you I thought I had two to five hours left in the game. Yeah. It was, it was at this point where it's like, okay, let's, I, I'm pretty sure I'm closing in on the end. Yeah. So back at Ranger HQ, both Kellen and Cameron are in the ICU and your dad, Kellen, wants to talk to you. Cameron's in a coma because of, because of his injuries. Uh, Makes sense. And, but they found a bunch of stuff crammed in his pockets with a note just in case something like this happened, you know, because action movies. Yes, of course. Um, so it tells them how to track Curie down and basically tells what happened. So what you find out is that Cameron is a secret Interpol agent who was sent to Tandor 11 years ago to investigate illegal Pokemon experiments. So he was working at the original power plant because he was investigating Lab 2 and the Experiment 092. And he got fired from Interpol when the power plant blew up. He, they considered him a failure and they fired him. So he got hired as a contractor at the new plant as an excuse to be able to investigate the old ruins to try and figure out what he missed and figure out what was you know because he knew something was still going on and that he wasn't but they weren't going to investigate it anymore because the plant blew up this is so dumb <laughs> yeah it it's it can be a little crazy but it's just like it's one of those like wow like what what else could possibly happen like this is why i thought this was kind of basically right at the end because this is totally just yeah like, yeah because this is so dumb yeah. it has to be the end so he found evidence of the creation of an artificial Pokemon, which okay. I assume was the notebook and paperwork that was scattered all over the damn place. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it looks like his poking into all of this stuff is what caused Larkspur to blow up the lab. So it's Kellen's fault that your mom is dead. Or not Kellen's. It's Curie's fault. Cam Cameron's fault that your mom is dead. I thought Curie was the... No. Curie... No, this is all from Cameron. Okay, no, no, I see it now. Yeah, 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 I got you. I got you. Yeah, so Theo's dad is a secret agent from Interpol who was poking around the lab, like trying to figure out this, the the 092 experiment and probably got sure. your mom killed because he was poking okay. around. So he was about to report everything to Interpol when the second explosion at Epsilon occurred. So the, yeah. the, the one that you were there for. Yeah. Um, 10 years in the future you finally got enough evidence yep god you're shitty at your job exactly or, wait not even your job anymore you're yep. still doing it somehow you're shit at doing things that aren't <laughs> even your job 
So he managed to escape at the last second via his legendary flying Pokemon that just, you know, swooped in and carried him off. And while he was flying around over the area, he saw Curie and Urane walking mm -hmm. out of the ruins. And apparently Curie is wearing a weird mask that is called the Curie interface, according to his research. Why and that and that's why she's called Curie. Yeah. You, you actually don't find out what the hell Curie stands for until the very last part of the game. Like of course. So, so five I'm hours much... five hours from this revelation, you actually find out what that acronym means, which is kind of funny. All right. I'm gonna throw a guess <laughs> out here. Okay. That's your bomb, isn't it? Yep. Spoilers. Can we be done <laughs> with this podcast now? <laughs> uh, we can if you really want to but I'm, I'm actually genuinely mad at how fucking shitty and tropey that is yeah like i mean there's some tropes but like there's still some crazy other stuff that happens but just keep going i'm just gonna sit here and stew <laughs> yeah yeah so i had about that same thought at the same time like i'm i bet curious your mom yeah uh, yeah yeah so apparently he spent months tracking these two, Curie and Urane, are all over Tandor, which was apparently a lot easier, according to him, because everyone thought he was dead, so no one was, like, looking for him or hassling him. Yeah. Um, so he finally tracked him down to the ruins of Power Plant Zeta. So mm -hmm. a, a power plant that blew up over Vinoville or whatever. And so the Rangers start planning this assault on Power Plant Zeta. I don't... What's up? What? What? Your dad puts you in charge of the assault yes. squad? So your dad, because he's sick, can't this go. So, so fucking numb. Yeah, so he makes you a ranger and puts you in charge of the assault mission. And you people are like... You were 12 fucking years old. Yep. And then Theo is like, if he's going, I'm going too. And Kellen goes like, why? And then he's like, well, I can't just sit here while my dad's unconscious. I want to do something to help. And I can't help here. So he's like, all right, cool. I'll make you a ranger too. And you can go. Just, just fucking get out of my sight. That's what I got from this. Yeah, basically. Just, just fuck yeah. off. Okay. So, so the Rangers have been working on this prototype of like this crazy hazmat power armor, and your dad puts you in, in, in it. Basically, like he's. So you just literally are in Fallout now, aren't you? Yes, kind of. So, yeah. So you get on this boat with all of these Rangers, and Kellen briefs everyone over the radio, and he's just like, yeah you're going in the boat or you're going in the power armor and theo's like oh man i want to i want to be in the boat or i want to be in the power armor and and uh yeah so you get to you get to do it because you're better because you're the main character yeah because because you're the protagonist yeah and uh the bad part about the power armor is you can only walk in it you can't run that mm, significantly slows things down which to an already slow game is just rough. Yeah, it was it was hilariously bad. Um, yeah. While you're going through what's called the hazard zone now, which used to be Route 8, um, mm -hmm. all of the Pokemon are radioactive, but at, at a certain point, like, Theo spots this weird yellow Pokemon Yeah, that's not, doesn't look radioactive. Like, it doesn't look like any of the radioactive Pokemon. So okay. he's like... I'm going to go catch it. So you guys kind of track it down and you track it to a clearing that has like no fallout at all and no radiation. And Theo okay. like takes off his giant 
gas mask like an idiot and is like, no, oh, the air is totally safe here. It's awesome. I hope he and... dies. No, he doesn't. Uh, so apparently, according to them, the Pokemon are like eating the radiation or something and cleaning up oh, the area. Delicious. Yeah. So uh, you get to catch a couple of them. So Okay. So there are four of them there that can be caught. I only caught two and then was like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. Are um, they can are they strong against the nuclear types then? Uh they are a nuclear type. Oh. Yeah, hold on, let me That's dumb. Let me find these little fuckers for because this is a good another chance for you to describe a Pokemon. So, so out of curiosity, now that you're yeah. sitting here just describing it like dryly and wrote. Mm-hmm. Is this sound as dumb to you as it does to me? Probably a little bit, but like I don't it I enjoyed it. Like I thought I thought it was a fun fun story. Like yeah, yes, it is kind of cliche and it's kind of what you would expect from an indie team writing a game. Um Yes. But I wanted to know what happened next even though I was pretty sure that I was right. Yeah. So yeah. uh can can you describe Hazma for us? Do you remember Bubble Bobble? <laughs> yes, I remember Bubble Bobble. Put a gas mask on the dragons from Bubble Bobble and you've got Hazma. Yeah, it's like a Bubble Bobble in a hazmat suit, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny. I like that it's an overcoat Pokemon. Yeah, I was <laughs> baffled by that as well. And apparently it has human-like eggs. Are they talking about testicles? I don't know, but the egg group is human-like. I don't know what that means. Let's move on. (laughs) I don't want to analyze this too much because I know I will just be very angry. Also, I like how most of these Pokemon are genderless. Like 30% of the ones that you... Yeah, like 30% of the ones that you've showed me have been genderless. Oh, nice. Okay. Carrying on. Yeah, the Hazma end up being really cool later, but yeah. So you finally get to the fucking power plant and Theo's like, fuck yeah, let's go in and kick kick Curie's ass. And then Kellen talks to you over the radio and is like, hey, dumbass, radiation. <laughs> yeah. And uh, only, Theo. O- only you can go in because you have this giant power armor that fights radiation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Theo gets ordered back to the boat He's trying to argue with your dad. It's like, I don't give a shit if I get radiation poison and shit. Like, I just want to help. Yeah. Um, and then Urane teleports in and attacks both of you and everything goes black. Delightful. Yeah. And then you wake up inside the ruins, inside of your power armor, and Theo is nowhere around. And your suit is like trying to reboot and it's running low on power so it can't turn on like the GPS tracking system. Where they're because there's a tracking system so that they can come in and get you in case shit happens, like shit goes down and it's really bad. And you have a comm system in your thing that at, at what doesn't point work. Did I start playing Fallout 4? I don't know. Yeah. And then you need to find a power cell, which prompted my question. Yep. And uh, so the power inside the power plant is off, and you have to go turn on a bunch of backup generators because to get further on, of course, there's electric doors and you can't open the doors without the power being on. So because MacGuffin. Yep, because MacGuffin. Uh, because we gotta make the game longer, right? Um, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, you just, you 
you basically have to turn on all four like three wings of power like there's the south wing the east wing and the west wing and then you take the bosses in the north wing because yeah yeah right and the you know east wing has the power cell in it and Mm -hmm. you put it on and you can finally uh and it finally tracks curie to the north wing and when you get into the north wing again for MacGuffin's sake uh the radiation is so bad and your power is so low that you have five minutes to find Curie before the power in your suit fails. So dumb. Yeah, it took me like two and a half minutes. Yeah, it's just... Now you're going to fucking speed it up? Yeah. 25 hours in the fucking game, now you're going to finally speed the damn game up? Oh, it doesn't speed up. You're still moving slow as shit. You just have five minutes to make it there despite all the random metals and stuff. That's that's the whole point. It's like, you're finally going to give me some sort of impetus to move faster. Mm -hmm. And navigate a maze and fight random Pokemon the whole time. Sure. Yeah. Um, So, when you finally reach Curie and you reign, she's happy to see you. Because she has Theo locked in a stasis tank and plans to take you hostage as well so she can blackmail your dad and Cameron because they're her opposition. She's going to blackmail them and just basically get a bunch of uranium and take over the world or destroy the world because she's fucking batshit crazy. Um, Yeah, why not? So you fight Curie, who uses all nuclear-type Pokemon, and the hilarious part about nuclear Pokemon is nuclear attacks are super effective to all Pokemon, but all other types of attacks are super effective to nuclear type Pokemon. That's Andy. So, like, literally, you just are, you're just punching them all in the dick every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she throws out a Pokemon, you punch it in the dick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Shock fist to the genitals. Yeah, shock fist to the genitals for from our Star Wars game. And, uh, yeah, you you she absolutely freaks out when you win and you rain shrinks into like this little tiny scrubby Pokemon and uh they teleport away. And then Kellen finally gets in touch with you because you rain is no longer blocking transmission from your communicators, and you get Theo out of stasis, and the Rangers swoop in to rescue you and take you back to Ranger HQ, and everything fades to black, and then you get this wall of text that I, I sent sent you a link to because this is why I thought the game was over at this point. And so, Chop and Theo returned to the Ranger HQ. When they arrived, they were greeted as heroes. And word spread throughout Tandor about Chop's victory over Curie. That seems very concise and seems like it wrapped the game. Yeah, I can see why you thought it was done. Yeah. So at this point, you like you go back to Ranger HQ, and Cameron's awake, and he talks about how Urain reverted back to Alpha form when you beat him, and that his Alpha form is basically harmless unless he can power himself back up with uranium, but. Curie won't be able to get her hands on any more uranium because it's all been removed from Tandor and that he's going to tell Interpol about Curie so that that way when she leaves to go somewhere else to another region, uh-huh. she they're basically trying to trap her on Tandor and, and corner her and capture her because, I don't know, because they can. 
So you're, you're like getting ready to leave and your dad like corners you to say how proud he is of you. And like, it's really fucking awkward because your dad is awkward and a shitty person. Yeah. And, uh, completely. And, he, and he tells you, you have two options. You can either just go explore Tandor until your heart's content, or you can go and win the Pokemon championship but you should go check out their lab in the basement of the ranger headquarters. And it's like, okay, sure. So you go in the basement and Professor Bambo is down there and the new Pokemon you discovered can apparently cure radioactive Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And they're still radioactive, but now all of their behavior problems are fixed. So they, so they listen to you now and they're, Uh they're not going batshit crazy all the time. Makes so sense. So you can bring your Pokemon, any radioactive Pokemon you catch there, and they'll cure them so that they'll behave properly. Perfect. So so that's the cool thing is like much, much later in the game, at the end of the game, you can fix your radioactive Pokemon and they actually become useful. Except for that type advantage thing where they, anything hits them and kills them sure sure (laughs) so this is what i assumed was the end of the game and that all you have to do is just win the pokemon championship so that's like just the little mechanical thing you had to do left and i was like fuck it i want to do the stupid mechanical thing and i want i want the stupid notch to say uh, i beat the goddamn game yeah yeah so yeah as i said this was the timestamp on my save game at this moment when I saved it was two hours and 45 minutes after I made the prediction that it would take me two to five hours. So I was, I was right. It would take me two hours to finish the game. Kind of. Yeah. So, so I went to the championship and, you know, professor Bambo and Kellen term up to cheer you on. Sure. And and your dad tells you how proud he is of you and that he's not going to piece of shit deadbeat. Yeah. He's not going to miss stuff like this anymore. Lying fuck. Because he wants to be, a better dad and yeah. just like yeah, yeah too little yeah. too late it's been 12 years asshole yeah basically uh, <laughs> and then theo and cameron show up and theo's like hey you know i'm, I'm gonna enter it too and i look yeah. forward to seeing you in the championship sure and you're like yeah cool so right, uh yeah, yeah fun. Like, like you like you guessed earlier your final opponent definitely ends up being theo it's theo yeah um so before each of your fights your opponent that you've faced before because i think you you faced the boss from the second gym that's like D- davern or something like that it's like cavern with a d something stupid like that and then rosalind the boss from venaville or not venaville uh venessi city mm-hmm. uh you, you those are two of the people you fight and then you get to theo and uh so they all give a speech about how you've grown basically since the last time they fought you in the story and get blah 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 blah, trope garbage blah blah yeah so theo's is cool because it kind of rounds out his whole story of like you know he was just this kind of little wussy kid at the beginning and he talks about how far you've both come since you got your pokemon and like that he used to be jealous of you and he thought people treated you better because you were older than him but now he realizes that it was just because you were more mature than he was and okay. so they, they could take you more seriously and that you were a role model to him and an inspiration. And it's like, literally at this point, I'm like, holy shit, you are Theo's rival. Not like, yeah, like, like this is where I made that Pokemon connection of like, you have sure. the type advantage over him. Like you are literally his rival. 
if Theo was the PC, you would be the rival, which is kind of funny. Um, Makes sense. And then he says like that he's done following behind you now and that from here on out, he's going to set his own path. Okay, cool. And then you get ready to throw down and there's a giant fucking earthquake and a legendary radioactive Pokemon shows up. Okay. And then you throw your Iron Man suit back on because apparently you're just carrying that giant shit around with you. I don't, yes. I don't know. And then Theo is like, all right, you take care of the Pokemon. I'm going to get the whole crowd to safety. Let's do this. And like right back into where you were. And Paul, if you could describe Actan, the legendary Pokemon that shows up. It's like a Xenomorph fucked an axe. <laughs> like Xenomorph from Aliens? Yes, yes. They just didn't, just got... And it wasn't really like the loving sex. This was hate sex. This was the rage that kind of, you know, the, the kind that they try to fix the relationship with, but it's just really angry, <laughs> dirty, wrong sex that just ruins it. No, I'm not familiar with that phenomenon. Okay. Just you? No, it's not just me. But okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened here. Because there's an axe coming out of his chest. There's a battle axe on his tail. And it looks like a xenomorph. Yeah. And I... It, it looks a lot like one of the Pokemons from uh, one of the two legendaries from uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Like, yeah, yeah, it's but, reminiscent of that kind of weird. Yeah, but actually, yeah, but an lots axe. of axe. Yeah. So after you beat Actan, Varen the dragon, who is still totally not a dragon tries to commune with Actan in his dreams to see what's going on because apparently Actan's brother, which is another legendary Pokemon, lives in the mountain with the Greybeards and talks to the Greybeards through dreams. This is so fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, it but, keeps getting dumber. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, th this part I was like, yeah okay whatever so it's so it's, stupid as soon as he walks over and puts a hand on this pokemon it like wakes up and like literally shakes like a dog and is no longer radioactive and then yeah so then he he tells you like they're like what the hell's going on and he's like well a, another legendary pokemon came into my lair and started siphoning all of the energy from the rare metals in this mountain and that woke me up and then he tried to fight the Pokemon, but the radiation started seeping in and took over. And then the other Pokemon commanded Actan to go attack the arena. And at this point, you're like, God fucking damn it. It's fucking Urane again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's at this point that people suddenly remember that this giant fucking mountain that the Pokemon championship is held on slash in is full of fucking uranium sure just natural uranium deposits yeah that's that sure is a thing that is happening right now yeah and you're just like you guys couldn't have thought about this before when you were thinking mm -hmm. about like where this pokemon and this crazy evil person needs to needs to go yeah um, yeah so then curie shows up and rambles a whole bunch about killing everyone and getting revenge and destroying the world and then talks yeah. about how Urain is the ultimate, like the being of ultimate power, and Urain shows up in this extra crazy mega 
evolution form, which is called gamma form. Yeah. And uh and you just go, God fucking damn it. And you you kill him because he's still super effective <laughs> with everything. Because <laughs> he's nuclear type, so he's weak to everything. Yeah, of course. Um so yeah, so you win and he shrinks back down to alpha form again and like hits Curie or something. Like I don't know. Like the the two sprites like pass through each other and Urane disappears and Curie no longer has a mask on. And then like kind of collapses to the ground. And then Kellen runs in because the radiation suddenly disappeared. Because again, this is how radiation works, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I then I want to be done. Yeah, and this then he's so dumb. Yeah, and then he freaks out because he realizes that Curie is really Lucille, which is his wife, your mom. Yeah, yeah. And then he then he turns around and fucking yells at Cameron because he's like, "Did you fucking know this was Lucille? Why didn't you fucking tell me this was Lucille? How could you fucking tell not tell me that my wife is fucking alive? What the fuck mm -hmm. is wrong? You know, just like really just goes off on this dude, and uh, yeah, Cameron suspected she was working with Larkspur, but wasn't sure, and uh, yeah. And then Cameron mentions something that he thinks that she went insane because of prolonged use of the Curie device. Okay. Did we ever find out what this is? Yeah. Oh, you're about to. Because they start actually, Akatan jumps back in and like literally puts Urane down. And Urane's like, Hi, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck, dude? And mm -hmm. uh, so they ask Urane what he remembers about his creation. Like, you know, basically. Yeah, like, what what happened? Like, they ask him for his side of the story, basically. And basically, all the entire rest of the game is cutscene, which is kind of funny. Um, so he was basically woke up in this crazy underground place and people just started running tests and shit on him. And he kept mm -hmm. trying to talk to them and no one could understand him. Yeah. And then one of the days they did a test of the cerebral U092 relay and inhibitor engine. Curie. Curie. I like that they had to add the U in front of the 092 just to like force the acronym. Yeah. But it had to be Curie because, you know, radiation. Curie. Yeah, of course. Um, so. Lucille was the one who used the Curie mask. Of course. And he became friends with Lucille, who basically she told him to call her Curie due to the mask or whatever, mm -hmm, then let them mm -hmm. talk to each other. She's like, yeah, you might as well call me Curie. And she's sure. the one that she's the one that named him Urain. So she had poor taste in names. Yeah. Um so over time, like they talked more and more in secret. Like she would come around after everyone else left and put mm -hmm. the mask on and talk to him and was like telling him about like all the cool stuff outside the lab, like going on all over the world that he would get to see one day. And right. then he was going to change it all for the better because he could create infinite amounts of energy if he was fed uranium. That's cool. Like that's why they made him. Um, yeah. And so one day she shows up and she's, like mad and he's like what's going on and he she tells him that they're ending the 
092 project and they right. plan to destroy everything including uranium. uranium and she admits to him that he wasn't ever supposed to have a consciousness like he was just supposed to be this mindless shell that produced energy and she hid all of her talks and findings from the other scientists right so like none of them knew that he was you know cognizant of, yeah because basically he's just in a suspension tank all the time and she's talking to him through the suspension tank yeah. and then she says that she will protect him and won't let anyone kill him and that she will do whatever it takes okay and then the very next time Curie shows up, there's alarms going off and the reactor is about to blow up and someone triggered the remote detonation of the lab, ha, uh, Larkspur. And she seals herself into stasis with Urane to save them both from the blast and radiation. Yeah. Again, that's how that works. Yeah, that's, that's um, yeah. it's basically nuke in the fridge. Yeah. And over the years, they got hungrier. Like, just all he knew is like he was hungry and he He's hungrier and hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. And then when they were finally woken up out of stasis, i.e. when you were rummaging around through the ruins back in Beale Beach Gym yeah, and started messing with the stasis tank, mm -hmm. you started the plot of the game by letting them out. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, like that. That's why I was like, oh, that's actually like if you start thinking like, yes, there's some dumb shit in the plot. Yes, they don't understand radiation at all. Yes, yes. But some of the stuff that loops back in the foreshadowing that was earlier on in the game is like mm -hmm. really well handled i think it's really quick clever yeah. yeah like the just that that like you literally freed them and they immediately ate all of the uranium in the power plant and then blew it up as soon as you left basically it is largely dumb though yes I, it's a fucking pokemon game it's always going to yeah. be dumb especially when it's people who don't understand radiation writing a game about your radiation whatever but anyway all all that uranium knew when he woke up was hunger and he just wanted to eat uranium just lots and lots of uranium he wanted to eat it sure and, delicious and he didn't great know, on great on cake yep and he didn't know that he was hurting anyone he just wanted to eat uranium and then he talks about how he's seen how you protect your friends no matter what, just like Curie did for him. So no, of course. he wants to join you and travel the world with you and see the things that he wasn't able to see and kind of atone for the things that he did. So he like seals himself up in an atomic Pokeball and then you transfer him to your computer. Oh, fuck, this is stupid. <laughs> and then... Actan tells you, ha, you're worry you're worthy of coming and finding him in his lair and challenging him, and then he just takes off. And then this is the part that I think you'll like the most. Like literally everyone just stares around for a few minutes and is just like, Well, this is the fucking craziest Pokemon championship I've ever seen. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then someone else is like, So is is the final final match even gonna happen? And then, like, literally everyone turns around and looks at you, and you're like, uh, I don't know. And then Theo steps up and is like, look, you know what? Chop deserves to be champion. Like, you stepped up and saved everyone's life, so I'm going to forfeit the final match, and you deserve it, and I'm really happy that you won, and I'm just happy I could be a part of your story. And then I'm going to cop out to this bullshit. 
yeah. is what's going like, to happen now. Base, but basically, like, Theo was just like, look, y- you deserve it. Because, you know, after that shit. Yeah. And then you become the champion of Tandor. And then the game actually ends for real. Okay. Four hours and 53 minutes after my two to five hour prediction. <laughs> it's a thing. So if you really like Pokemon, you may enjoy this game. Yes. If you're like me and don't enjoy Pokemon, I yeah. hope this uh, nearly three hour episode suffices. Yes. And if you skip this one, we kind of I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But hopefully you made it back from spoiler territory. Yes. So we will talk about our next game. And Paul, since you're up, why don't you do the honors? I'm actually pretty excited about this because I've I've played this game before. Um and I'm looking forward to seeing your reaction to this game. It's a first person shooter set in the old west called Call of Juarez Gunslinger. Yeah. The trailer looks really good. It's it's uh, if you've played Bastion, the mm-hmm. narration is very similar, and that's all I'm going to say about that. We'll talk about it at length the next time we do Game Corner. But long story short, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you think of this game. Yeah, cool. So I look forward to playing it because it looks like it'll be fun. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts? It'll definitely be shorter than uh, Pokemon Uranium. I you can probably finish it in six to eight hours. And, you know, occasionally our game quarter games will be duds, but that's the fun of playing games, right? Some of them are really good. Some of them are disappointing. And, and in total fairness, this probably wasn't as big a disappointment as at my um, act of depression has lent it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, only, the only real reason that I was kind of... Uh, cringing the entire time is one the story seems kind of silly especially when you lay it out like Dan yeah wait, wait, yeah that's like my summary can't really do the justice of like playing through it like sure i don't know like it was very compelling like i really the entire time i played it wanted to know what happened next so and and when you but when you lay it out on paper it just seems kind of silly yes yes it is very is- it's very thin and it, yeah but that, that's the whole thing with Pokemon games. You're not going to find hugely in-depth stories in a Pokemon game. Yeah. You're going to find something thin that just gets you to MacGuffin your way to the next Pokemon gym. Yeah, you're collecting badges. You're collecting Pokemon. Yeah, you're- that's that's the entire point of the games. Yeah. Long story short, give it a try. If it's not for you, you wasted the time it took you to download the game. Yeah, because it's not like it costs you anything, right? No, it doesn't cost you crap. Nothing. But... But it'll be Calavares will be interesting at least. I don't remember what it's going for right now. I want to say it's like fifteen bucks on Steam. Uh, That's what we saw it for the other day. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um uh, it is currently on Steam as of the fourth of February. It is fifteen dollars. Yep. So fairly reasonably priced, I think, for a first version shooter that came out three years ago or so yeah All and right. uh you get a month and a half to play it <laughs> yeah it's give it a shot if you if you want to join us for that go for it if not we'll be in depth next time we do game corner yep all right 
if you want to get in, into contact with us, you can contact us at podcast at loadedcardgaming.com. You can contact me directly at Paul Cluel on Twitter. You can contact Dan. He runs our at Loaded Card account on Twitter. And if you want to find us on social media, they're all in the show notes at loadedcardgaming.com. And if you love us, please consider a view on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever you're listening to. And please also check us out over at patreon.com slash loadedcardgaming. We, uh, we appreciate all of our donors. We appreciate anything you guys decide to give us, especially the, those five-star reviews. They help us continue to grow and more people to listen to us. Yeah. And a special shout out this week to our most recent uh, Patreon donor who's goes by Magical Sleeper. Thank you very much. We appreciate all of our donations over on Patreon. And if you guys want to get in contact with us, please do. If you have any questions about Pokemon Uranium, like um, where to find it, we might be able to point you in another direction. And also, if you have any questions regarding how to you maybe kind of uh, work out that how to get some rare candies, we can point you in that direction too. Yep. And seriously, just if you really want to find it, just Google. Seriously, it, it's really that simple. Anything else? Uh, nope. I think that's about it. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure speaking to you today, and here's some smooth jazz to play you out. You're going to eat more fucking gummy bears and shit? Did no. you just have a stinger that you just ate gummy bears the entire fucking time? <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to figure out what you're going to do for the intro. Black licorice? Oh, dude. Mm-mm. How are we friends? Because <sighs> it's not black licorice. All right. It's just dark red vine. Dark Twizzlers. Oh, that's even worse. It's chocolate. It's chocolate Twizzlers? Yeah, chocolate Twizzlers are awesome. Ugh. Now I know I don't have a boner. I I prefer for you not to have a boner when we talk. Just ruin all the fun. (laughs) I can't can't do the intro and you're just fucking making chewing noise in the goddamn mic. (laughs) Help me here. I have to deal with this fucking shit every goddamn fucking two weeks. She's like, I don't care. I have my toy. Here, look, look, I'm wait. Well, yeah, you could also like just elbow the microphone in the face. See this shit? You have to deal with that shit every day. Yeah. 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 He's just gonna make chewing noises the entire time, like them goddamn gummy bears. That's just great foley work. We've lost like 30 listeners now. 40. Going on 50. Keep going, man. Here's our 70 listeners gone. So we need to power through. Yeah. That's what we're going to have to. Cool. We can power through. Let's do this. Raw.